Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. I gotta tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're in Colorado, or in Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in sweet Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, win bigger. And let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older and present in state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. So we're not just breaking down this Ravens game. We'll be brief about this thing because I didn't see it in actuality. I watched the highlight. Uh, Facts saw it in the other room. I'm hearing every bit of it as he's screaming and reads <laughs> telling me I'm losing, I'm hemorrhaging cash and that sort of thing. We're going to talk about this game and then move on to our regular uh, Sunday night, Monday morning programming. We're going to have Andrew Hawkins joining me tonight to talk Browns, talk Steelers, Ravens, talk about taunting, some other stuff. But we got all our awards or whatever you want to call them as well. I'm not going to finish it. Mm, mm, yeah. Because I know that there's some misophoniacs uh, out there. Michael K. Williams tribute at the beginning of that Ravens game um, in Baltimore, that has sent some chills down your spine there. And the fact that they got the win, it is 12.30 in the a.m. Your today, uh, our early this morning. Uh, it's all the same. Sunday Night Football evidently was a doozy i didn't watch it i was recording the podcast that you're about to hear dr fax was in the lab watching waiting in the wings for the gambling segment and the uh and, and the breakdown of this football game fax this game was a doozy man and i bet the over and everything so i was really happy about that but i think one of the coolest things about this game is it just goes to show you how human um Kansas City's defenses this year? No, there's no defense. That there's was the no, coolest. That's thing what about I'm saying. Like, like, yeah. like, and it's cool for the league because <laughs> Kansas City, if their defense is in like playoff form the last couple years, um, it's like unfair to the rest of the league. So it's a good sign that there's going to be a little bit of parity, just a sprinkle of parity. These guys can be beat. I hate it because my brother's on the team, but he's not on the team right now. He's not playing. He'll be on the team later in the year when he's in uniform. For a football fan, this was fun. So I do a lot of watching of like Twitch and video gamers and the Madden guys. Watching this game is like watching people play video games. Just a lot of points, a lot of scoring, (laughs) a lot of what the hell are you doing on defense. Yeah. (laughs) But 
It's very, very entertaining. It's the Big 12. It's the Big 12 has come to the NFL and like, listen, the Ravens, uh, a lot of their issues last week seem to have been game planned around. I mean, I've only watched the highlights, so I don't know how much they hit Lamar. Um, but I do know this, what I saw at the very beginning of the game. Here's how this works. We record the pod. Nate goes in the other room. You're about to hear Macon and I go through the whole regular Monday. But I don't see it. I hear Nate yelling. <laughs> like, I kind of got one eye on my bets. Of course, I had the Chiefs and Reed. You'll see what Reed does to me in the And pod. I was I was cringing back there for you, knowing, knowing what bets you had. Yeah. Just seeing the progression of this game. Yeah. I was cringing for Safest you. Safest bet in football. The, 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 the Chiefs playing the, the Ravens the past couple of years. And Lamar has not been able to slay that dragon. And tonight, this is a big deal for him. And it was a very, like, quintessentially Lamar to me. And, you know, like, in the context of we talk about Lamar... And it, has he made it? Is he elite? Is he all this stuff? Like, Lamar's a really good football player. So you can cut hairs on, could he throw the ball better outside the numbers? What's up with the deep ball? Like, do we, do they have enough receivers there? Like, they scored 36 points and beat the Chiefs. Okay? And here's the thing. He threw some a couple bad picks. The first one really cost them. You're not supposed to win that game when you throw a pick six to start the game off. 14-10, seven points on the board. Al Groh used to preach to us about the how bad your percentages get in a game for throwing, for being minus two in the turnover minus category. Minus two in the, cat, in the turnover category. And also, like if you give up a score for the other team, when you're on offense, like you're not supposed to win that game. And so Lamar Jackson with kind of that like – that monkey on his back about Kansas City, you know, like some of the, I don't think he really cares about that stuff. I think most of us just argue on the internet. I don't even think he cares if people are defending him. I don't think he cares if people are coming at him. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of these first takey arguments we have online, like these players don't care, some of them. And whether you like Lamar or not, how could you not like Lamar? This is the reality. He can throw two picks. He can make bad mistakes and still win the football game because he's a problem in a lot of different areas. I just feel like some of the picks, it's like the passes that he's trying to throw, he's trying to prove to everyone that's talking and saying that he can't pass and make these certain throws. I feel like a lot of his picks are him forcing that instead of just running, just staying, sticking to his game and doing his thing. If you watch the progression of this game, like, Call more running plays for him. Like other teams, other coaches might not like it. Other people might not like it. He seems comfortable with it. You have to protect them, yes. But the more you run with him, it's going to open up everything. And I just feel like the key to them winning this game is all these different RPOs and you send people pulling in front of him. I saw a draw with the, the guard and the tackle, I think, pulled. And it looked like <laughs> if you're the end... This was early in the game when uh, I realized Devontae Freeman was on the uh, was on the Ravens. I was like, who the fuck is that guy? They hand him the ball. Everything is telling you, the flow is telling you, if you're the left defensive end to crash and tackle, play away, you're unblocked. Well, guess what? The ball is going to run right past you, like two ships passing the night, and it's going to be on your edge. Like The keys are confusing in this offense when it's rolling. And, you know, there's been some chatter about Greg Roman is losing his touch and that sort of thing. And... This run game they have that they're capable of of, of playing with you uh, as a defender, it's scary. Um, and it does open up the pass as well. Listen, the jump pass he threw to Hollywood Brown was like the, the Tebow thing, uh, but, but like a real pass in the high red. 
Yeah. Um, he's always exciting. He's always electric. But I thought one of the coolest things about this whole game, and I, I've only seen the highlights, okay? You've seen the game. Was I feel like the trust between him and John Harbaugh is something to see. I just think it's really cool. I think John Harbaugh appreciates him as a football player, respects him. And even after some of the mistakes he made early in the game, you know, they're playing late. And this is one of the most inexplicable things to me. First off, the fumble was was like cardinal sin. Oh. So he fumbles the ball with a minute and 25 left. I mean, like effectively with one timeout, which never got used in that situation, they probably running it right down to the nub. Like it was over. Um, and so that fumble is literally the difference between maybe home field advantage, not home field advantage. Like these are the type of things you look back on. But here was the trust thing between Harbaugh and, 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 uh, and Lamar that blew me away. Everybody talks about, I can already see it, Harbaugh yelling at Lamar, do you want to go for it? Which, you know, like that's, that's a real coach-player relationship. Like you could just tell. Like, so that, that's kind of like relationship goals for Gruden and Carr? Yeah, that would be relationship <laughs> goals for them. I don't think they're there yet. But I, but I do think like that's a big deal, but the thing that led up to that is just as big a deal to me because it is third and seven. Not only are you trusting Lamar to drop back and throw the ball and not make a catastrophic mistake, but you're also trusting that he's going to fit that ball into a shoebox size window, it turned out, uh, a yard short of the sticks, to Sammy Watkins, which to me is a really sketchy play. You know, either way though, you're thinking you got to get a first down because you'd rather not take the chance and punt to him. But you're trusting Lamar to drop back, throw the ball, and try to ice this football game. And he, he makes a great throw in an area where balls get tipped, balls get punched up in the air, and the ball game could be over for them just like that by way of a, a Kansas City mulligan and a kick. But he fit the ball in a tight window, and then the trust, you know, to put it in his hands. Yes, I want to go for it. Uh, and in that situation, I know every defender's like, I want to be that guy. I want you to go for it, that sort of thing. Like, no, you don't. It's fourth and like less than a yard, and it's the Ravens, man. Like, and you're the Chiefs. Okay. So as soon as Lamar nodded his head, I'm pretty sure they were like, fuck, dude, because the odds do not favor that defense in that situation. And when you have an offense and a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you're just hoping, praying that. As a defender, you can get the ball back in his hands because percentage-wise, if we get him the ball, if he has just a little bit of time, he can make he can make something happen. No question. I just don't want to ever, like, you know, like, I, I, I've never got to play Lamar, and I'm pretty happy I didn't. I mean, like, it would have been fun, but not maybe at 33. I would have liked <laughs> to get Lamar at maybe, like, 23 when I could actually run. I'm watching Willie Gay try to run with Lamar, and Willie's a fast dude the second-year guy to Mississippi State, the backer for them. And I, he's just got him on a string running to the pylon. And, you know, like your angle has to be sideways when you're trying to catch Lamar running to the pylon. you got to play angles. There's no good there's angle no angles because he has you on a string. And he literally takes like half a stutter step. And it's that little stop and go that he creates another, like, starting gun situation. Within a millisecond, you're a step behind him. And it's just like that play of all the plays late that I saw in this highlight, I was like, ah, he's just this Willie Gay guy. He played it perfect, but you still can't beat him to the pylon. He's just that athletic. 
He's that smart. He's that intuitive with the ball. And you don't have to be a perfect passer, okay? That should be the take. You don't have to be a perfect passer and you can beat the Chiefs. You don't have to be a perfect passer. You don't even have to be a great passer and you can win a Super Bowl. So, like, we get all caught up in this smoke and mirrors, first take bullshit. They just beat the Chiefs 36-35. And Derek Thomas isn't walking through that door this year. So, like, if they can figure some things out, you know, I said I, I, don't, I didn't pick them to go to the playoffs, the Ravens. Who knows what their ceiling is? The only reason I'm saying who knows what their ceiling is is Lamar Jackson. No matter how you feel about him, no matter what you think about his passing, no matter what you think about these stupid debates we have, He's the reason I could be eating my words at the end of the season, like in a big way. I didn't pick him to go to the playoffs. They might win the damn Super Bowl. If they can beat the Chiefs, they can win the Super Bowl. I believe this is my pick, them versus the Ravens versus Green Bay. And it just goes to show how tough Lamar is because we quick to forget he's going through all these injuries on his team. And he's just coming out. He had a bad loss. Come out, take it on the chin. He gets into to the press conference. It's on me. Got to do better. And and he comes out and he does it. It was a close game. Could have went either way. They could have came out of here looking, starting the season off real bad 0-2, but getting out even, even it up, yeah. and on to the next week. Yeah, that's Major Stone's situation for him. So uh, good for Lamar, good for the Ravens. And uh, you know what? I don't. I'm not sold on them making a deep push, but – it's some provocative shit beating the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in a shootout. I mean, 36-35. So, on with the podcast. You've got this monster offensive line. You've got extra offensive linemen in there. Chiefs have to make sure they don't jump. And Jackson will get the first down and, in effect, end the game. How was your weekend, mate? Well, I wake up early with my daughter, bleary-eyed from watching ball all Saturday night. And the only thing I can think is, golly, Sunday's going to be a long day. Podcasting into the wee hours after showing property all day. You know. Woe is me. But I get up, go out, show property, head back to my office, and en route to my office, I see your truck in the Studio J parking lot, and I am buoyed. Man. I think, damn, C. Long's putting in the hours. He's on the grind. He's prepping for the podcast. We're going to be efficient tonight. We're going to be in and out of there. So I take out my cell phone. I take a picture of your truck. I send it to you and say, boy, look at us guys. To which you say, the truck's been sitting there since Friday night. I don't drive drunk, mate. I don't. And then I have a hard time, like, organizing myself, mobilizing myself to go back and get my truck over the weekend because I don't need my truck. So I say to you, my friend, Yeah. how was your weekend? Well, I got really drunk Friday okay, night. Okay, all um, right. <laughs> I'll tell you something, nice. man. Nice. So we took the, all the fellows went out. The whole production crew went out. We had a great time. Cowboy Reed, Taylor, Matt, John, the whole crew. Of course, Dr. Fax was out of town making doesn't drink or, you know, socialize. So... It was just us guys, just us girls, and I got into the uh, the Jack Daniels and the uh, all the other Irish whiskeys and all the other whiskeys and then some some beers, like a whole lot of them. And I got home and I had one of those like you ever get drunk where you say, "What have I done?" Oh yeah. Like while you're drunk, you know you're like, "What have I done?" 
It's been a while, but yeah. Yeah, it had been like a month for me, <laughs> but uh, but I had one of those nights. Yeah, I had major FOMO on that Friday night, especially because I watched one of the worst episodes of television. It was Ted Lasso. On, hey, that uh, was in my uh, my housekeeping, but but since we're here, I hear the uh, the show is cratering. Okay, since we're here, Apple ordered two more episodes than they had written. Mm. So instead of altering some things, they said we'll make a couple evergreen episodes. One a Christmas episode, and the other about a a, a role play. Why would I want to watch that show on Christmas? There's so many wholesome things to do with my family. This and if you go on Twitter, there's some people who are 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 cult following ted lasso and think that this was some masterpiece this artful masterpiece you're coming around no nah, it was cheeks no i love the show wholesome good but these extra two they were they were cheeks game of thrones situation kind of ran out of runway i only saw i only watched that last episode brand one here's the problem tying up a like uh, a fantasy world like 300 different plots adapted from a, a novel as thick as all get out is a little bit more difficult than wrapping up a show about an all shucks fucking football coach who has a joke every three seconds and a hit rate of like 0.150 wrong. below the Mendoza wrong, line. wrong, wrong. Ted Lasso is great, but that episode was awful. But you mentioned the 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 owner of the team. Mm-hmm. She's from the shame the shame scene in uh, shame in Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, since we last spoke, it turns out uh, Dexter Lawrence was on the right side of the line of scrimmage. You see, he's that? gonna be there in Hollow Man, and we'll, we can we can exonerate him in the whole nine yards. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hello. So, actually, wait. First, why Pittsburgh? Hometown of DJ Graham. He of the one-handed Ooh. interception from the Oklahoma Sooners. What a pick. On fourth and seventeen, but totally worth it if you can snatch the ball like that. Forget about the team. There was a better catch made Saturday, and I can't remember who the hell made it. Uh, just putting it, that out in the universe. Any number of North Carolina Tar Heels? Yeah, I just watched Sports Center from the other night. So Nebraska covers. We talked about that last week. Yep, Nebraska ends right. up covering. Um, but yeah, that, that kid, DJ Graham, is from Pittsburgh. Pitt Panthers are 2-1 and one after losing to Western Michigan. Steelers are one and one after losing to the Raiders Sunday. Hey, on the college football tip, I was basically perfect until Jeff Schwartz came along and fucking, you know, got inside my brain and I tailed him. You know, he's just so convincing and I tailed him and I said, hey, yeah, first half Florida, they always hang with Bama in the first half and then Bama pulls away. Well, the exact opposite of the thing happened. He meant the opposite. He meant the opposite. He misspoke. And then also, he, uh, he, he liked USC, who ended up winning that football game. Irregardless, which is a word, not a word, right? Not, That's not half the reason I said it. Irregardless, football coaches love saying made-up words and shit. Irregardless of the fact that they had to take the yellow slide onto the tarmac, bro. I, honestly, if you guaranteed me that everything was going to be okay, I'm in for a yellow slide out of an airplane. Like, I would love that. And I had the foolish tweet that said... You know, no team has ever taken the yellow slide and won in the same weekend. Well, that's not true. Mm. Michigan Wolverines basketball team, they won the Big Ten tournament in 2017 uh, after taking the yellow slide. That's right. Shout out to the uh, the Trojans. Tar Heels, Virginia Cavaliers. You want to talk about it real quick? Rip the scab off. Okay, sure. Um, no shade to the scholar-athletes at Virginia. Classes, of course, are optional at UNC Chapel Hill. That there Saturday night, uh, 
losing the ball game 59 to 39. That was the worst defensive performance I have ever witnessed. And I've seen Illinois put up 100 on Virginia in the micronpc.com bowl many years ago. Oh, that was bad. I've in, seen in Hawaii. Wasn't that in Hawaii? Kurt Kittner. And it was in Miami, but okay, might as well have been warm. Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. I, saw, I mean, Miami could be on a little Yeah, could they're be, not yeah. far apart. I saw, uh, I saw, I've seen Navy put up 100 points against Virginia running. Oh, that was ugly. The triple option and in only the, the triple option. In the cold. Freezing in the military bowl. You get to go to a military bowl. In like, their stadium. Did you like the military bowl? Yes, sir. <laughs> I've seen with you Clemson put up 100 points against Virginia a couple years back in the ACC championship game. But I haven't seen anything like what no, we saw this Saturday was, night. This was gross. I mean, first contact was eight yards down the field at best. Sam Howell could do whatever he wanted to do. Frankly, Brennan Armstrong is quarterback, the better quarterback. The uh, Red Rifle could do whatever he. Okay, I He's like the, the better hey, quarterback. I like the I'm take. standing on my, my own two here, and you know I was a big Sam Howell fan. I like the take. Ear regardless, I think that three three five look from the Who's might might need a little adjusting before well, Friday listen, night when the Deeks come to town. Everybody gets a mulligan. Jay Feely said today, talking about the Jaguars, he was like, "This is the worst defensive football I've ever seen," or something to that effect. Which is funny because I think he lived in St. Louis in the uh, early two thousand tens. Hey, but you guys had like a name for yourselves and stuff. You no, know? no, no, no. That was when we got good. I think he was there for the like the lean years, mm. the spags years. Mm. You know, where Brett Favre was putting up 60 points on us in a Jets uniform, that type of thing. Okay. Well, Jay Feely didn't have the fucking ACC network, <laughs> evidently. A Jay Feely doesn't get Hulu by way of the ACC network that you had to stream it through your iPad and onto your... Fuck these streaming services, dude. I have a lot of good things Except to say. Except for Amazon. I have a lot of good things to say about uh, WinBet, speaking of some of your... Uh, well, we're going to talk about gambling later. I was going to say employers, not really employers. Some of your business associates. Overlords is what I call them. Had I had any... Uh, Vegas is my overlord. In money deposited in the WinBet app on Saturday night. The live line at halftime with the Who's Up For. Oh, Caroline uh, all day. I sent you emotional a Emotional hedge, it would have been. It was a no-brainer for me. I sent you a text rolling on the floor, laughing my effing ass off, something to that effect. And uh, that's because it was... You weren't. It was insane that, that Virginia was in the league. That's my that's, Bevel Conway, though. I was going to say, you know, Pittsburgh, Raiders, beautiful, objectively beautiful. Two weeks in a row that Pittsburgh is able to be you know, the tide that raises all boats in the Bevel Conway standings. They, Buffalo last week, it was porn. Okay? This week, might have looked even better at home against the Raiders. How did I do it that? Way better. Bad six, five, five out of ten. Five. UNC and Virginia, um, just as Sam Howell was the, 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 the celebrated quarterback, but Brennan Armstrong was the one who I'd take uh, if I had to make a choice, I think Virginia, the Wahoos, looked better mm. when it came to the uniforms than even those beautiful, objectively beautiful Carolina uh, what 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 time period are those? Like the Julius Peppers era? Yeah, mid yeah. late nineties. They're gorgeous, but I think we look better. Yeah, Doctor Bevel Conway, world renowned color expert. If you're new to the program, yeah, we give out a a, a uni just general optic. Yeah, award. the most the most beautiful football game of the weekend. And I need to disagree with you solely solely primarily because of Virginia's numerals that just. You don't like the numerals. So ugly okay. to me. Okay. And I need the logo on both sides of the helmet. Maybe too much inside baseball for people. Not I forget that like not all of all six million people that listen to this podcast live in Charlottesville. 
Okay. Well, if if UNC would delete the Carolina from the sleeve, I think that's oh, a perfect That is jersey. such a pimple on yeah. the ass of, I don't know, an ass that's otherwise very, very attractive. I don't know. Well said. Yeah, that's the best I can do there. I'll stick in college football for my Bevel Conway Award winner, Ole Miss. Sure. The University of Mississippi needs some recognition for what they're doing uniform-wise. And they have that. They half-assed it and still looked cool. Right. They went red, and yet it still worked. Opening week against Louisville, they went with the all the all powder blues Ooh, and looked they look looked good, impeccable. And then against Tulane, who's doing some fun things with some cool colors, little little powder blue themselves and some green. I gotta say this about their retro logo. Yeah, that might have been the weakest part of the whole uniform. Like it could be so much better if they could just go back in time and get a cooler throwback logo you want to go with the t with the wave again something i don't know yeah. like but, pick another one make some shit up i'm never i'm not going to go back and check the 1940s programs old miss we got rid of the racist plantation owner yeah. like years ago at this oh, yeah, point yeah, yeah i don't even remember him old miss the the official logo now i guess is just that script you're talking about the reb guy with the mustache Colonel reb yeah, yeah. They, they're doing the land shark thing, which I don't totally don't understand, it. understand. You don't understand it. I don't understand. If I, re- if I recall re- correctly, correctly. Uh, but the unis are, are awesome. They went powder blue helmet, red stripe, um, red uni and looked great against Tulane. So they did out. look good. And it was at night too. It was, it was, uh, I, I had a, a bit of the Saturday scaries because of what I was talking to you about on Friday. And uh, that was like a, a Xanax or something, sitting there and watching that game late at night, the beautiful colors, the non-competitive football that was going on. It's something about watching a game that's out of hand late where the guys have to turn it into a podcast that I love. It's soothing. 61-21 going to the fourth quarter. How many did they end up scoring? Final score from Oxford, 61-21. You saw all the scoring, buddy. Wow, dude. No so points in the fourth anything. quarter. Yeah, nope. it just rocked me to sleep. Yep. Like some sort of a night nurse. Shout out to the night nurses out there, man. I mean, they do an important job. Yeoman and yo women's work. <laughs> Layup line. Bean score in the first day of benches ass. If you play with my money, I'ma lynch your ass. I John lynch your shit. Don't tip me, bitch. Ow. Cash money millionaire. Mm. Cash money millionaire. Is it millionaires? Yeah, it's millionaire. It's singular. Uh, and that is uh, Little Wayne off the Carter. The Carter, of course. A lot of people say Carter two, the best work. A lot of people say Carter three, the best work. A lot of the people say Carter three is is Little Wayne's best work. Is you know those people are absolutely fucking insane. It's either Carter or Carter two. And Taylor's back there, his eyebrows raised because I think he went to college during Carter three, and that's the whole thing. Is like whenever you went to college, that's when you like Little Wayne the best. You show me somebody that is like younger than 20, that's younger than 30, or younger than 28, that appreciates one and two, the Carter and Carter two, that's an old soul there. Most people, it's age appropriate. I appreciate the uh, intro walk-in on the Carter one. Okay. I think he, uh, that one's pretty dope. The Carter and Carter two, that's an old soul there. Most people, it's age appropriate. Cash Money Millionaire lyrics. Yeah, read them, make. Well, no, I'm seeing an S on the end of all the... Oh, it's, yeah, ca- Cash Money Millionaires. It is plural. Which makes no sense to me because the chorus is, I'm a motherfucking Cash Money Millionaire. Hmm. You want to read some of the lyrics out loud? Be happy to. Keep pimping, keep pimping, keep pimping, keep pimping. 
I got a bitch in the back, I got a hoe in the front, one cooking the crack, one rolling the blunt. I'm getting pussy and ass from my beautiful broad if you're looking for that holla at your boy. I'm a ma ma mac mac a pip pip pimp, I'm a spit 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 out shrimp. I pull out clean, I get out limp. I wake like little little limp, I talk like bitch get get. Okay, what's enough? The best player on my team when I ball women cheer and they love the way I come out with the gear. This jacket, okay. these shoes don't come out this year. So if you love your girl, don't let her come out this year. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> Who you think you fucking wit? 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 I'm a motherfucking cash money millionaire. You sound like the, uh, you really should be one of the translators, like a Google translator or somebody that like reads text for people. May, um, may I give you the second chorus? Can I tell you? No. Can I tell you why uh, I picked this song? It's because one of my, my rookies, Josh Sweat, is rich. He is a cash money millionaire. The Eagles broke him off this week, middle of the week. I, I woke up to people texting me saying, man, you were right about Josh Sweat. I was like, did he sack somebody on like a Wednesday? I don't know, I don't follow. Nah, they paid him going on the weekend. I guess it must've been Friday or whatever it was. Josh Sweat is incredibly talented. I have said he's the most talented guy on the defensive line. He's not the most important guy on the defensive line. I think the most important guy on the defensive line, if not Fletcher Cox, got hurt today. Um, and his name is Brandon Graham. So bittersweet for me, checking up on old teammates in Philly this week. One got paid, one got hurt, and it turns out that Brandon Graham uh, did his Achilles today, which was an absolute bummer to see that. I'm so safe and comfortable sitting on the, on the, on the couch. Like, the Achilles is the injury that every dude worries about. Like, it's just in the back of your head because guys, I've seen guys go out, like, running a route with no tightness, no soreness. They feel great and they just fall, like somebody shot him in the ankle. The thing pops, and it popped for BG today, and it's tough, man, because I feel like the team is really trending in the right direction. Sirianni's a good football coach. The strength of that football team is up front, and BG's a huge part of that. So as soon as he went out in like the third quarter or whatever it was, the Niners started getting it rolling on the ground, and I'm not saying that it's all him, but I am saying that when you have a defensive line where there are no weaknesses and you have depth, you don't have to worry about that part of the football game, which is a big deal. You take that for granted. Hey, all the gaps are accounted for. And Brandon Graham's really good on the left side because he's so disruptive. He's not just a guy who kind of stays in his gap. He jumps a lot. He's backdoor a lot. As a blocker, you don't really know where he's going to be, but he can also bench press you. So one of the most underrated football players in the game uh, is out with a season-ending injury, I suppose, and, and that sucks. And we also lost Brandon Brooks today, if you're uh, an Eagles fan. So really tough for Brooks because he just came off the Achilles and he did his pack. So who knows how long he's going to be out. Um, I don't know if the words come down yet, but those are huge blows to a football team that looked very competitive for a game and a half here. Like literally, I'm watching them, and I'm like, they could win some football games this year. They still could. But these are two big blows to the strength of that football team. In the unlikely event we don't circle back to Niners-Eagles, Quez, two for 117. How about uh, the unquestionables? And I called that on this this podcast. Hey, you heard it here. 
uh, Quez was going to go off, and he has, and he's on my fucking bench. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Two for 117. Let's call it a PPR league. How many points would that be? Uh, 117-ish. Not 119. 119 points? Yeah. All right. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. 22? Uh, 13.7. 13.7. Yep. That's great. Awesome. <laughs> well, he's on my bench, so not a big deal, but I told you, you're going you're gonna to hear a lot about this Quez Watkins guy down there in Philly. You were right. I was right about something. The Eagles, man... They're set up. If they can stay in third and manageable, that's what they were doing most of the game today, they can move the football, and they can keep the game in phase. And if the game is in phase, they're okay. I still worry about that team falling two scores behind. I don't think they're set up to play from two scores behind at this point. Overall, you got to be encouraged if you're an Eagles fan because if I'd have told you that you'd play – the Niners that tight and possibly deserve another set of downs at the end of the game because the play clock was at zero squarely for like a solid second and a half before Jimmy G snapped the ball and he, he sneaked for snuck. Can I say that in a football context? Sure. He snuck for a first down. The birds were still in that game. So the only thing about that game that I want to really rant about is that, and you might not have seen this, this Kayvon Wallace penalty on Trey Sermon. Have you seen that? I did. Absolute dog shit. Like, I get that a lot of these penalties are inherently slanted towards the offense. I get that that's just how it is. But Kayvon Wallace is trying to be knee level, and Trey Sermon is essentially touching his chin to his sternum. Okay, picture that. And falling down. And Kayvon Wallace gets a piece of his dome. And on the broadcast, you got Dean Blandino popping on saying he gets it, that's the right call, and Schlereth, who should know better, and I love Stink, but Stink is on the wrong side of this one. He says, hey, they're trying to get, get rid of that. I mean, that is not the defender's fault, um, and that was one of a few calls today by officials that I was like, what the fuck are we doing? And I'm not even going to get into the Julio touchdown because I could be ranting for another five minutes on it, I mean, or some of the Dallas calls, but you know, Dean once wished my wife a happy birthday. That was cool. That was cool. I also have another cameo from Dean uh, that I'm saving for the right situation okay. that I engineered. I engineered a okay. classic Dean Blandino cameo. It's from three years ago. Hey, you uh, sent me a screenshot of simultaneous missed calls, one from Rosillo and me at the same time. Yeah, you, it was 7, 18 p.m. Was it not? Both of you guys, same minute. You you misspell Rosillo's name, which I appreciate. No problem. And you don't capitalize either of our last names. Is that everybody in your phone or just oh, people yeah, you don't yeah, respect? No. no, I just don't capitalize last names in my phone. I don't okay. think. All right. I'm pretty sure actually Dickerson might be capitalized, though. Wow. Yeah. Well, your wife had her maiden name in my telephone up until about... Eight months ago. All right, Did so. you have it capitalized? Uh, no, I, I put your last name on the back of her name, capitalized. Yeah, yeah, I'm well, not, as long as it's capitalized. You're not going to find any uncapitalized names in my telephone. By the way, two last things. Mylotta, they paid him this week. He played pretty well. Both ended up with two sacks and big sacks for them, but beat Goddard once, and then the second one was like a, a, a team sack, a pocket sack. Uh, both of these sacks... <laughs> We're trying to get through housekeeping. Jordan Mailata stayed inside out for much of the game, absorbed power. So for a guy that was six foot eight, well, still still is six foot eight, never played a lick of football, and that was about all he had going for him. Is that he looked like a Game of Thrones extra 
and he was from Australia, so we assumed, hey, this shit might work out. He has been unbelievable relative to expectations. I was like nervous when I saw what they paid him. But that's the thing about not knowing much football. Clean slate for this kid. Great coach. Stoutland's teaching him a lot. Um, and by the way, Josh Norman, he looked okay today. They're very thin at corner. The big game in the one o'clock slate that we have to talk about here is Jaguars, Broncos. If you listen to the podcast, you know why. Taylor and Reed betting on their respective favorite teams, and the stakes were high. Stakes were very high. Things got a little tense here in the uh, football watching studio. So who's taking the blow up doll to dinner? Cassandra and I will be having a lovely dinner at <laughs> some point down the road. Some Maybe. point down the road. <laughs> when are we doing this? We need to do it before ASAP, it gets cold. This week, yeah, Reed, when we is need Cassandra to... arriving? Mail order bride. <laughs> Mail order bride. The people can't seem to differentiate between my voice you and know, Reed's voice. So that was Taylor, yeah. who is the, the big loser. Or I don't the think winner. you and Reed sound the same. I can... Uh... You know this mail order bride? You know this mail order bride? Who? Do I? Cassandra. She's Do I know from, her? She's from the Amazon. Is that right? Oh, dot com? Yeah. So uh, take us through it, fellas. <laughs> what What were the emotions like at 7 nothing Jacksonville? Oh, I was sh- sh- stuttering in my boots. He was shuddering <laughs> in his boots. He was stuttering in his boots. He was doing all types of shit. We were shuddering in our boots because the push was at play. And, of course, if this... This bet pushed it at six points uh, for people at home. No, no, gambling, the line was six, okay? So the, the Broncos were favored. They win by more than six. Uh, Cowboy Reed is, is home free, which, which they did, and so Taylor's taking the, the sex doll to, uh, to the restaurant and then deflating it and walking out after, after dinner, right? But if it pushed at six, is the sentence I was trying to finish. Uh, Macon and I would have had to go out with the sex doll. Yeah, and I don't know if you said this on the pod or not, but you said it's going to be 20 to 14, and it was 20 to 7. And, Bro, like, literally, yeah. it, we were in push territory, and we, we were worried about having to take this date out um, to, like, I don't know, Continental Divide. Shout out. We were hoping for a push. When it was 20 oh, to 7, were you, we Reed? were... <laughs> were you, indeed? Yeah. What's the plan for the date, Taylor? Two two entrees, two meals, like a like yeah. She's gonna, gonna be, have some food in front of her, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, yeah. She's she's gonna have to get her own dessert. I'm definitely not sharing dessert. Uh huh. Um, Maybe well, a bottle of wine though yeah, for the yeah red wine. You just pour yeah, some yeah, prosecco down Pinot her Noir. her latex. Oh <laughs> wow! <laughs> Calm down, dude. It's only Sunday night. I don't You're going on like a Friday. He's not going to deflate her either <laughs> by the sounds of it. <laughs> so you deflated her, right? Yeah. yeah. That was part of the terms, yeah. man. Sorry. You got to get your own, dude, if you want one. Um, yeah, unbelievable that you guys actually went through with that. So shout out to you guys. Kudos. Very brave. I'm so glad that it's not us. By the way, Taylor might have a side team. I think he's seen enough. Of the Jags. Who is it? How long have you been a Jags fan, first off? Since you were a kid, right? Since I've known what football was, yeah. And why? Uh, I grew up in the area. Cousin played center for him for five years, and yeah. Shit. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. 
There blew me back. good reasons. Hey. You were going to be like, oh, you don't have a good reason. Yeah, my my uh, dad is Tony Baselli. Jesus. Fucking hey, you know the uh, Jaguar. You know the Hooters at the landing? Yeah. Yeah. So do I. So <laughs> So do I. It doesn't exist anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, Megan, is that where you it. met Cassandra? No, 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 no. I uh oh, actually Gator Bowl when Chris blew the Gator Bowl in like 08. <laughs> I was there the night before. Peter uh, Lay like blew the Gator Bowl. Taking bro. tequila not, shots. Not us. Yeah. Okay. We were playing against Texas Tech in their eight foot splits, bro. Yeah. Rylan Reed held me. You got to see that hole. Do you remember that hole? I actually do. It's one of the most blatant holds I've ever seen in my life. I still feel that in my L7. Michael Crabtree just catching just touchdown passes. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Not like I don't dislike him, but hey. Um, but he took your Gator Bowl, He man. took my damn Gator Bowl Not trophy. Not many people have Gator Bowls. That's right. So who are the new uh, Jags in your life? The Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, wow. That sucks. <laughs> oh, we're 2-0. Yeah, we, oh, I, I fully support having a side team, man. That's all good. Well, I thought he was going to say everybody's side team in the Los Angeles Chargers, but the Raiders, wow. Andrew Hawkins, he's a friend. Now he's going to be a friend of the program. He played six years for the uh, the Browns and the Rams. Don't forget the Cincinnati Bengals. Bro, he did the whole Rust Belt. That's incredible. I, I, that, 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 he deserves that, a medal of some day. sort for doing the Rust Belt. Uh, and he was a pretty good player. He's also really good in the media. Shared a set with him virtually uh, at Amazon. He's a lot of fun. Nose ball. Uh, and he watches Cleveland Browns games, which even though they're good, eh, we got to have like a Browns correspondent. He's officially our Browns correspondent. Browns correspondent. 43440, Andrew Hawkins. He did run a 4-3, huh? 4-3. He's also just brilliant, dude. Yeah. Here he is. So, as promised, my good friend Andrew Hawk Hawkins is in the building. He's got his own set. He's like, Hawk, explain the garage setup you got going on that does not look anything like a garage. You should see this thing. It looks like LeBron set this up just for you. Yeah, no, LeBron did not set it up for me. Well, I guess indirectly because I did work for him for a number of years. (laughs) But, so when the pandemic hit, I'm like, this sucks, right? We can't go in the studio. Everybody looks terrible on Skype messages and calls. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to start building little by little my own garage studio. And so I just got on Amazon, started buying cameras, microphones, lights, backgrounds. Like this is, this is all, this is cardboard with like (laughs) peeling stick brick. I started getting custom neon signs and I'm like, yeah, I'm. I had fun with it, Chris. Bro, this is amazing. Hey, Hawk, is your water heater running? Because you you might want to run catch it. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. It's a little staticky. And I apologize. My water heater runs literally every two weeks, and it gets super loud. Oh. And so I just pray that it's never when I'm on air. And here we are, bro. This guy, this guy. I'll see him on like big time stuff, and I'll be like, I know he's in his garage. Like I know, like it looks. <laughs> the set looks incredible. He's got his Columbia rolling chair. He's got some like one of those green walls that you see in Miami on the side of nightclubs, and then a, and then a brick wall that looks very real. And he's got a subtle flex when he came on. He's got two garage sets. They look different. He's got you options. Know, so options, baby. Hawk, um, a guy that has options is Baker Mayfield. A lot of weaponry in your old stomping grounds. Uh, I don't know if they Mm -hmm. have Hawk Hawkins options, but they've got some (laughs) options. What was the holdup today getting going? 
because you were, I know, glued to the TV, probably watching your brownies. Oh yeah, yeah, had to had to check them out. Um, yeah, I think I think well, number one, they have so many options because they had Hawk Hawkins, right? Yeah. Like if, I, if they didn't have Hawk Hawkins, yeah, they wouldn't have that draft and free agent capital to go get <laughs> everyone else. Um, so I, I I have a vested interest in watching yeah. at least win because we suck so bad and and that wasn't fun. But I think the problem was today when we Jarvis got hurt early in the game, so we lost him. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I mean, he's been that way even since, since I was playing because he approaches the game with such a tenacity. He's yeah. a leader of that team. So losing him hurt. Obviously, no OBJ for them, and that that's also hurt for 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 Baker Mayfield. But I think all in all, he played he played well. It was a slow start. I think the Texans also are sneaky better than we all thought they would be. I thought we all thought they were going to go 0-17. Oh, yeah. And not only have they won a game, they've been competitive, and they've been a lot better than – you know, we imagined in the first two weeks. And Tyrod looked pretty good, I guess, until, you know, yeah. another bad luck deal for him. I mean, dude. he's probably thinking like, dude, how do I how do I get a break here? Even last week, I think we were all excited. If a rookie would have had the week that uh, Tyrod Taylor had a week ago, we'd be talking about like, oh, this guy is the next thing coming, right? But it's, we just cross our fingers and hope he can A, be healthy and nothing crazy happens. And of course, he messes up his hamstring today, which uh, derailed the, the chances the Texans had to win that game. I'm looking at the Texans and for a second, they were thinking, hey, we're, we're, we, we could land this plane first place in the AFC South. The Titans come back and on the, on the back of Derrick Henry. So that division is a little bit of a shit show. How about the AFC North? The the Ravens and the uh, and the Chiefs are playing as we speak. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the stock of that division is as down as as I do? Because you watched the Steelers as well today. Yeah, it, it it's not as exciting in the first couple of weeks as I thought it would be. The the, the NFC West has been probably, for my money, the I think they're the best Ooh, yeah. division right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought I thought it would be the AFC North. I mean, obviously the Ravens drop a game that we could go against the Raiders, and then the Steelers come out and, and kind of lay an egg that also we thought they would come up come up on the Raiders. I think the Raiders are actually another sneaky good team that are a lot better than we give them credit for. But in the division, it hasn't it hasn't been great. And, and I mean, if the Browns would have lost that game today, we would have been thinking the sky was falling down in Cleveland. So oh yeah, oh yeah. And if the Ravens can't pull it out as we speak. They start 0-2, mm-hmm. and the Steelers uh, damn near started 0-2. So who do you trust more, the Ravens or the Steelers in that division? Who do I trust more? I trust the Browns most. Yeah. And it's a, it, that's Homer, but I do think they're like one of the most talented rosters in the league. Of the Steelers and the Ravens, I got to go with the Ravens because ultimately I'll come back to the quarterbacks. And, you know, uh, yeah. Lamar is struggling a little bit in this game. You know, they, have, they weren't protecting him well in the first game. But on the other side, I, I got to give him the edge over Ben just because Ben is, you know, he's old and, and you can see it. He's not playing bad, but he's playing like a guy who is 40 years old. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's tough. It, it, father time catches all of us. He's still their best option. He's still a better option than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. But he's just not the Ben Roethlisberger that we've grown accustomed to over the last decade plus. And on top of it, we shared the set all last, well, we didn't share the set, we shared the virtual set. I was privileged enough to share your set with you. (laughs) Last year, my Super Bowl pick was the Steelers, and you guys gave me shit Mm -hmm. every week because I was like, I still believe in them. I I don't believe in them. I trust the Ravens now more than I trust the Steelers, and I don't trust the Ravens that much this year, so goes to show. Yeah, Andrew, this is a uniform podcast, in case you didn't know. 
when you're in Cleveland, you got a big Cleveland across your chest with the drop shadow. You got a big Browns like written down your leg. Do you even recognize this outfit anymore? And uh, Lordy, what went through your head when they broke, yeah, when out, they that, broke out that, uh, that gradient or big whatever? Brown, the big orange. Oh, that sucked. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember the unveiling. We were all like texting each other, like, "Yo, these are hideous," and the numbers were so big. And I'm, I'm five seven, and the numbers were like wrapping around my torso. I'm like, so I'm already doing everything I can uniform wise to look tall. I got white tights. I'm getting the super small pants. Yep. I'm like getting slimming. I'm wearing white shoes. Anything to, that make me look regular size human out there on on an NFL field, and they come with these life size numbers that literally are like touching on the side because they were bad, my torso dude. isn't big enough to hold them. It was, they were, they weren't, they were not great, which is why they went right back as soon as the contract is up. By the way, I think the Browns get ups now. We both Excellent. agree. Excellent. Look good, play good. Absolutely. Look good, play good. And they are playing good. Yep. That was the only thing holding back some of those teams and the St. Louis Rams. And the unis. The St. Louis Rams, you know, myself and Hawk and Hawk was a St. Louis Ram for a short bit. I, like I was a Ram. He was a Ram. <laughs> teammates we we (laughs) strapped it up together out there and that's another thing i was going to ask before we dive into your issue that you have with the single digit numbers which we also share that sentiment is what Uh, do you think like goes through the texans heads right now i mean and like what's going through jacksonville's head right now like what locker room would you rather be in and i have a feeling i know the answer because those are two two the the two teams that we thought were going to finish at the bottom of the nfl table yeah, I think I would rather be in the Texans locker room yeah. than the Jaguars locker room because, honestly, I mean, if the if the Browns would have lost that game, both organizations would not have been happy, I feel like. Right. <laughs> because the last thing the Texans want to do is to be just good enough mm-hmm. to not get a quarterback, right? And then they're like, ah, we're kind of stuck here for a little while. Um, and so with that, in the Texans locker room, there is no expectations. Again, I've been in that kind of locker room where it was like, hey, we'll just go out here. We were in the games. We know we're going to lose because we're not good enough. The team sucks. Yeah. Me and Joe Thomas are looking at each other like, hey, man, you stay healthy. No, you stay healthy, <laughs> bud. All right? And no, you, no, you stay suck? healthier. No. <laughs> yeah. I, want you to, I want you to come out of this game healthier than when you went into it. Exactly. Okay? Um, yeah, and that, and that sucks losing, but at the same time, again, there's no expectations for you like the Texans. The Jaguars, I don't think they realize that, you know, those coaches and that staff specifically, I don't think they realize how hard it was going to be in the NFL. They're going to have some time to do it, but I just feel, I feel like they've been kind of punched in the mouth because, again, we all thought that the Jaguars were going to beat the Texans, and handedly, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel the same way as you, honestly. If you'd asked me before Urban Meyer was hired, I would have said, yeah, I'd rather be the, the team with some hope, with a number mm-hmm. one quarterback, with like, hey, everything's in front of us. You know, now that Urban is in Jacksonville, it does not seem like a fun place to play. It seems like he's no. unraveling a little bit. And David Cully, you know, like, is the one guy that I would probably be willing to play for in Houston. He seems like such a cool, calm, collective dude. And actually, I think they make a run at, at hitting their overwin total and playing themselves right out of uh, the sweepstakes. So, jersey numbers. We have 
a bunch of funny looking cats out there, including like some corners <laughs> that I've become accustomed to seeing looking really sweet out there for like a decade, like uh, Pat P in Minnesota. He's wearing number seven. I know that this is an LSU thing and that sort of thing, but I don't get that. Then you've got guys mm -hmm. like Sterling Shepard who actually look better than I thought, but by and large, I do not like the single digit number thing. You either? No, not a fan of the single digits. And, and, and surprise, because I didn't go, I didn't come into it with that take. I thought it would be sweet because I loved it in college. I rocked yeah. number two in college. When I was in Canada, when I played in the CFL, I was number zero. So I'm all for pushing the boundaries on the numbers. And then when once everyone started playing, I'm like, yo, this is hard to follow. I don't want to see D linemen in single digits. I don't want to see linebackers rocking four, DBs rocking number 11. I have no idea who anybody is. I don't know what positions they play. I don't know like what side of the ball is on the field. It's just confusing. Maybe I'm the old man now, but I'm like, yo, just go back to the other. So who rules, looks please. the worst to you? Who's somebody that you were used to seeing? And this isn't like personal. So if anybody ever hears this podcast, not that you look bad. It's just the number on your chest looks bad. <sighs> who looks? I don't know if anyone looks bad per se. And that's an honest opinion. I don't think anyone looks bad. It's just too confusing. Yeah. It just feels amateur. It feels like we've been accustomed to seeing college players do this. And it was like the, the weird, like subtle thing that separated college from professional. And it's just, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it. And I don't want to see Carolina, you. Carolina, Carolina changed the two of their linebackers numbers, like two hours before the game or less than 48 hours before the game. So there's a whole like, yeah. you know, the thing that Tom Brady was complaining about, like IDing mm -hmm. backers and who the hell is who. And we were all like, yeah, Tom, you're just old. Shut up. You're and old, then, Tom. And then, and then we were like, we agree. <laughs> so, right. so, so that leads me to my Tom Brady question, because when I asked you what you wanted to talk about tonight, what stood out yeah. to Andrew Hawkins today, I got a quote in my text message that I said, I'm mm -hmm. only gonna read this quote. I'm not gonna turn it into a question because I don't even know where we're going with this. The quote was, Tom Brady is a terrible competitor. What did Andrew Hawkins mean by that? Yeah, that, that's a, yeah that was my quote. I, I came to that epiphany today. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady's 106, right? He's it played in the NFL for literally just as long as a lot of these kids have been alive. And I start like, we all have this thing. We've been shoved down our throat, how much of a competitor he is. And as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, the dude is 44. He's still better than everybody. Yeah. So what do you call somebody who does something way better than everybody way longer than they should. You're just That's hogging the ball. You're, You're hogging the ball. It's the easiest thing for you to do. That's not a challenge. <laughs> this isn't a challenge to you anymore. This, it, it hasn't been for a very long time, and it dawned yeah. on me like, yo, you're not a competitor at all. If I go play with my son's youth basketball team and I'm dropping 40 points a game, no one's going to be like, oh, man, you're the most fierce competitor. They're going to be like, at some point, you got to go do something else. You got to grow, grow up and go get a startup in Silicon Valley because you know that's do the next thing. He's going to be like, do something. he's going to be, we're going to be like working for him. I mean, I was going to say he's Amazon rich. We've, <laughs> exactly. worked, we've worked for Amazon. So, right. no, I'm, I'm buying that a little bit. It's a lot like you in this podcast. You're so good at it. Eventually. Oh, I'd be happy to move like, on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Hawk. Challenge yourself. You're 13 for you on Twitter.com. Did, uh, did you land on at Hawk organically, or did you have to compensate somebody for that, that tight handle? Yeah. yeah that's tight. Well, I, so I'm, I'm going to flex a little bit more. <laughs> I have at Hawk on Twitter, at Hawk on Instagram, Damn. Snapchat, TikTok, 
YouTube. Um, Damn, I was going to say another one, but it were uh, yeah. So only I mean, fans. <laughs> only. <laughs> I don't even know that they have handles on there. Yeah, I don't know I don't, anything don't about OnlyFans, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you get it mixed up with GoFundMe all the time. I didn't know where that money was going. <laughs> Babe, I thought, I, I thought those were donations. Uh, I, I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no. So I got a, I got ad hoc in like, I think 2012 or 13. It was like some, some actually, I'll tell you the story. Some, some guy in uh, Mexico had it. Um, and there was a, he didn't speak English and I like translated in like on Google translate to ask, Hey, what would it be to get this? And he's like, I'm a big fan of Eli Manning and the giants. And I'm like, that's weird. Um, <laughs> oh, no, hang on, hold on a second. He's a giant. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Many of us were, <laughs> well, I'm a, I, I am a, I'm an unabashed fan of Eli Manning, but the giants, I was like, that's a, that's a, it's a weird team to pick, man. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, big fan. And I'm like, well, how would you like a signed, a signed Jersey and a football from them for that handle you got? He was like, oh, that would be amazing. So I called one of my buddies who was playing with the Giants, got it done, shipped that thing across the border, uh, and and that started it off. And then I just started knocking the rest of them down little by little. That's so great. He's one of the most entrepreneurial, creative, resourceful <laughs> people I know. He legitimately is, and people need to see, uh, since we're talking about Twitter, you need to go to his Twitter and look at his sketch comedy, his like skits that he puts on. I'm pretty sure he runs the camera, writes the skit. Oh, yeah. He throws the ball to himself. He's the extra <laughs> in all his own skits. Like, he just does it all. And by the way, the thing I read on your Wikipedia page right before you came on is that you were an extra in Ides of March. I was. I was. I was an extra in Ides of March in what? I think we filmed that in 2011, maybe. We filmed I had one that. scene. I, I, I caught that. Clooney. I caught that. Him and Clooney filmed <laughs> yeah. it. Clooney. The Clooney. Ryan Gosling. The whole crew. You know how we do. The Goss, um, the Clooney, and the Hawk. There was a scene that I was in that, oh man, I would have had so much FaceTime. The scene comes in, uh, George Clooney barges into the office. I'm like a, a, a campaign manager. Clooney pushes me out of the way. Oh, he touched him. He starts he pushed yelling. Him. He starts yelling at Ryan Gosling, Gosling, and I'm like, I'm in the middle of him in this scene. Camera's right here. I'm in the middle, like trying to calm him down. They're yelling back and forth. Gosling storms out. I'm like, yo, I'm about to be a star. Oh my of course, god! That scene is nowhere to be found. No, it's not on the. It's not in the movie. It's not in the like director's clips. Deleted scene, nothing. It's hey. like they literally took it and put it in the trash, and I probably ruined the scene. So. Bro, no, you probably did great. Um, my only question about that is, are you taller than Ryan Gosling? No, I am not. Okay. He's not a short dude. Oh, he's not short. He just has like a short dude face, which basically means he's like a good-looking Hollywood guy. You know what I mean? I just yeah, assume they're is, all yeah. short, but it's not true. Yeah. It's not true. Howie, no, Howie no, Long's very tall. Howie Long's very tall. That reminds me of the time I was on Ballers. Firestorm. It's got, you know, he still gets royalties. Holds up. Yep. He still gets royalties. He'll be like, hey, Chris, $7. How about that, huh? Still making money off Firestorm. Um, no, but, like, I was in Miami, and I had a buddy that was like, hey, come down to the Ballers set. Meet the Rock. Hang out. You, We'll put you in a cameo. I was like, yeah, I guess you don't say no to that. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm just hung over <laughs> on South Beach. So I go down there. I spend like two hours. I'm, I'm put on a suit. They do makeup and shit, you know, because you're in the industry. 
he, oh, yeah. he has a makeup. Yeah, yeah. yeah he looks very young, you but he's also makeup. worked before. Before the, I've seen it, but uh, <laughs> but literally, I'm on there for like I feel like 20 minutes, and I make an appointment viewing of the show, and I'm not even on the show, bro. I like DVR'd it and shit. Hollywood. That's exactly what happened to you too. Telling everybody like, make sure you're tu- yeah. tuning in to Ballers. It's gonna be sweet. Oh, I was yeah, like, no, yeah, I I'm on. Mistake. I was like, it's not a big role. I'm on. So here it was, Hawk. They. My scene was on the TV in the show, bro. They put me on a little TV, like at a bar, uh, you know, like I was a media member. So it was incredibly embarrassing. I was in First Kid with Sinbad. What? I, I still Are you in serious? If you guys want to check that out. Are you out. serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a dance scene. How did you figure that? How did you get that? Shot in Richmond, Virginia. Just show you, up. You know Major Payne is shot five minutes mm-hmm. from where we live? That's right. I watched... Uh, first kid last week in major pain two weeks ago. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Big major pain fan. Uh, this is me introducing my uh, 10-year-old son. Okay, that makes classics. more sense. That's good, that's good, that's okay. good, that's good. But so, major pain holds up. Oh, yeah. You can watch it as no, an adult. It, no, it does not hold up. No. It will, <laughs> you would, oh, but there's no way you, it's a great movie, okay. but there's no way they can make that movie okay. today. Okay. Yeah, probably not. There's, was, you say that for a lot. There's a lot of stuff in but there. But that was that filmed. Like, oh, that, 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 that was, was filmed right here in Charlottesville, outside Charlottesville, Virginia. Anyways, I've been talking a lot about the receivers in uh, in Las Vegas. We're talking about young receivers on this show, and I, I don't know receivers that well. Like, I, it's just a part of my game. It'd be like you talking about the D line with confidence. Sometimes it's tough for me. <laughs> so, who are the youngest receivers in the game that are your favorites? Youngest receivers in the game that are my favorites. I mean, Ruggs is is awesome because he's he's a burner. Anytime you have those those levels of burn burners, that I mean, he's going to be hard to guard no matter where it is for for as long as he has them. Uh, I really like Justin Jefferson out of Minnesota though, and the reason I like him is because I'm I'm a fan of route running, and I know everyone says that, and that sounds cliche, but to play receiver, you have to be able to catch the football, and you have to be able to separate and separating is tied to your ability to change direction, your understanding of coverage, leverages, what DBs are thinking. And for Justin Jefferson to be so young, he has such a deep understanding of that to know, like when I go inside, I know this DB is going to automatically assume I'm doing an in-breaking route. So it's a big chance and a risk to inside release on a route that I know I have to break out. But he said such an understanding. He routinely does things like that, pushes the boundaries. And that's why when you see him catch the ball, there's so much separation between him and DBs. And that makes for easy throws from the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks love that. So, and, and yeah, a guy, I'm a big Justin Jefferson fan. And a guy on the other side of things today in that Steelers game, you I remember you worked with Deontay Johnson, right? Yeah, yeah, Deontay's you another one. That, Same yeah. thing. Big big time route runner is a guy who can separate and, you know, yes, he, he has speed. He understands it, man. I remember working him out. I, I worked Deontay Johnson out before he played a snap on offense at Toledo. He lived in Tampa. I was training there. Somebody called me. I'm like, yo, just come to the gym with me. And he was like, yo, teach me this. And I taught him like, I showed him like three things. And these are things that at that time I was a veteran with the Browns. Like coaches were pumping this into our head. We had first round, second round, third round receivers that I couldn't get to grasp it. He was like 19. Everything I showed him, he picked up immediately. I text my agent, I text my brother and I text my friends. And I'm like, this guy is going to go to the NFL early he's going to be a, a first day draft pick which in our terms old school guys is the first three one rounds. through three he's going to he's <laughs> one through three round yeah, draft pick yeah. and he's going to be a star yeah and they're like how do you know he hasn't played and then lo and behold here we are five six years later and the guy's doing a big number one receiver out in pittsburgh 
we need our royalties. Next deal he signs, yeah. 30% goes to Hawk. <laughs> the taunting penalties today, which were objectively ridiculous. Um, I saw yeah. a few of them in real time. You know, I saw the kid in Seattle get, they missed the PI. <laughs> Did you see this? The, yeah. the Reed kid, yep. he tackles Julio, or I don't know who it was. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then they don't throw the flag there, and he gets up and looks at him and walks away, and they throw a flag yeah. for taunting. Where are you on this taunting stuff? I am I am a receiver. Um, I know we get a diva-type like um, persona, but I am very old-school football. I am from Western Pennsylvania. I was taught football a certain way, and if you start taking a, a, away the ability to talk shit to get in people's face. Like our whole job is to hit each other as hard as you can. Like, so I, I mean, I, I am not the kind of person that is like, Oh, somebody hit him too hard. He yelled at him. He taunted. Like, do you know what has, and I'm five, seven, Chris. Yeah, I know. Like, so for you, you probably just go up. It's like, Oh, it's just my job. You don't understand the mental space that I would have to get in to go into NFL game. Because yeah. I'm like, if I don't think this way, yes. I might die out here. Yeah. So I, I have to like, so I am whatever it takes if, to see that and people get penalties and it decide games. Like yeah. I'm like, yo man, at some point we gotta, we gotta get back to the sanctity of football. And that's what I feel like we're like chipping away at. I just think it's the owners. Somebody we were talking about earlier, like why are they making an emphasis? And by the way, like, you know, I, I don't think the sky is falling. Cause I think the NFL reads their mentions a little bit. I think they did it with OPI mm-hmm. a couple years ago. I think it was early in the season. We had that rash of OPI penalties. We had the reviews and people were like, nah, mm-hmm. fuck this. You know, like we don't want this. And those penalties went away. It was the same thing with roughing one year. They always overemphasize yeah. early. So I'm just hoping that's what happens. But I do think it's yep. the owners just grasping for control. You know, I really do. Like I, somebody says, where is this coming from? It's not coming from the fans, obviously coming from the people that run the league they're the owners and they are feeling like they're not controlling the dudes on the field and i think they're getting desperate and they're like we don't want to see any of this bullshit i don't agree with it i love it and as a player i never felt taunted i was more pissed off that something like negative happened than like hey my opponent reacted in that way Based off I of the play he it. made. I deserve it. If I didn't make the play, I deserve I deserve you telling me I'm trash and I'm not gonna be able to feed my family next week. Like that's that was the expectation that I had when I didn't make the play. Now don't touch me. Yeah, yeah, no, no, because we know what that we know what we know we go next level with yeah, that. But don't yeah, you touch can say me. whatever though. You can say whatever you want. And usually I was the guy to like kind of say something under my breath to try to get somebody else to touch me. That mm-hmm. was my whole thing. Oh, yeah. You know, I was like a little bit of an instigator. <laughs> so um hey. It's Hawk on every platform. All of them. Everywhere. All of them. We like uh, LinkedIn, OnlyFans. LinkedIn, Hawk. Toledo uh, Rockets, message board. Toledo, it's yes. Email is Hawk, the Reddit. whole thing. Reddit, yeah. Everything. Yeah, Reddit. Doesn't hey, matter. Wh- I'm there. Where can we find you this fall besides everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, everywhere. I'm going to be, I got, uh, I'm on the NFL network. So I do game day view, um, total access, game day final, game day live, all of those shows. Amazon, I'll be uh, on NFL comment box, NFL next, NFL next live. Also host a show with Roku called Roku recommends. If you're into streaming and you like film and TV shows, me and Maria Menounos will get you right on your, on your Roku player. What else? I don't even know. Yeah, a little Roku bit of everything. Works. I can barely open Hulu. I don't know what Hulu, <laughs> Roku, I don't know what any of these things are. And then you, bro. Well, you can access your Hulu through Roku, man. Oh, oh really? 
Really? You're missing that's, out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like a Rokuception, smart TV. Uh, thank you, <laughs> Andrew Hawkins. Appreciate you, bro. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't a catch, okay? Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. Look, guys, Mint Mobile is a really good deal. You get premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. You can keep your same phone number along with your existing contacts so there's no headaches involved. I love that. The best part is Mint Mobile has a seven day money back guarantee. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, and get the plan shipped to your door free, go to mintmobile.com slash greenlight. That's mintmobile.com slash greenlight. Cut your wireless bills to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash greenlight. Hey, I'm tired of calling these fucking things superlatives. Superlatives is a, is a stupid word. Stupid word. Nobody says that. When's the last time you heard somebody say superlatives? Outside of this show, you're saying? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, probably high school, English. Yeah, not good. I think, I think we got to dumb it down a little bit. What should we call these? Awards. <laughs> I, think, I think that works. Okay. Might want to check and see if anybody else calls, uh, does awards. But What about like prizes? Trophies. Okay. Medals, trophies. Sunday trophies. What do you think? Catchy? Man, the show comes out on a Monday, okay, yeah, yeah. right? Monday's Marvels. Masterpieces. That's right. That's right, Reed. Monday's... <laughs> Monday's mentions. Ooh. I'd like to mention some players. May we begin? Yes. We just segment right there. That's how it's done. That's how the pros do it. Sunday super. Oh, Sunday superlatives. <laughs> We're never going back to that <laughs> bullshit. That was like some shit. We uh, I don't even know why we kept using that word the last two years. Did you guys notice that at home that that word sucks? Superlatives. What exactly don't you like about Taylor's it? nodding his head? Well, fucking say something, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's back there, like yeah, that word sucks. I'm like, bro, you've been here months. If I had something in my teeth, would you tell me? Happens to me all the time now with Invisalign. In a good way, Invisalign. In a good way, because they're, you know, fuckers were in there like, uh, yeah. like shoppers on Black Friday. Those are what my teeth were like yeah. months ago. Invisalign, were, now I'm getting like peppercorn stuck in there. I got some mentioning to do. Let's mention some players. Let's start with the first mention. Best flight, worst flight. What say you? Best flight for me is Buffalo Bills because I think I handed out Miami Dolphins as a stone-cold lock just a couple days back. Buffalo's now, uh, you know, good headspace. Hey, we are good. Yeah, it was scary there for a second. It was touch and go getting beat by the Steelers, the team that everybody knows is not actually good. They ran the ball. Singletary broke off a long one. Yeah. Josh Allen looked. Still fumbling the ball. They, you know, they fumbled sure. the ball four times last week. Yeah. They fumbled again today. 
Diggs, Sanders, Beasley, Knox, all involved. You shut out a, well, what what can in theory be a, a good offense. Tua no, goes out. Not going to be a good Jacoby. offense. Jacoby. Um, point being, Buffalo Bills feel a lot better about themselves winning 35 to nothing in week two than they did losing at home to Pittsburgh. Do we know what the hell is going on with Tua? A rib, he's out for how long? Bruce Rib. Um, oh, Bruce he Rib. Is, he's uh, going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. His he's MRI okay. is tomorrow. He's tough. He's going to be okay. But yeah, it's a big deal for the Bills there. Same time zone? We're going north? Yeah, we're going north. You get places in a hurry on those charters, let me tell you. Yeah, you, you sure do. You figure a flight, oh no, this is going to be three and a half hours. Nah, friend, hour 45. Is that a charter flex from you? Oh, I know a thing or two. Yeah, about a charter. Team charter charters. Flight. Yeah. No Shout out deal. Miami Air International. And a big deal for um, for the Bills is that this was basically like, this could have been one of those like revenge games, you know, Miami all mad about the second time they played, right? That's the the big revenge game coupled with the are we actually good this year game? You know what I mean? Like there were a lot of nerves for this team coming off last week's loss, but Miami not the same team as the Steelers defensively. The way you can beat Josh Allen is to rush four and do it successfully. That's not how Miami's built. So. I mean, good gut check for them, losing out the gate. Big win for them. And a good flight. Speaking of a front four, Bill's home to the football team next week, and then they have the Texans. You like facing those two a lot better at 0-2, the 1-1. One one. For sure. Uh, I'm going to go with the... Uh, hmm. I, there's a couple choices here. The Titans or the, or the Raiders. I mean, you could look at it one of two ways, and I'll, I'll let you help me select, but, you know... When it comes to the Raiders, 1 p.m. coming off a really emotional short week, and that's a 1 p.m. being a West Coast team. Like, that's early for those guys. And in spots like that, I feel like every time I see the Raiders play those spots under John Gruden, I don't know if this is backed up by trends and statistics, but if you saw them play the Atlanta Falcons late last year uh, in that spot on the East Coast, Mm. I wasn't going to bet them again until the end of time, like not betting them in a 1 p.m. spot on the East Coast. So big for them to not only win a big game on Monday, but on a short week after playing a physical team, going on the road and beating another physical team, if nothing else, a physical football team, uh, and maybe you got a tailwind coming home. Think about what time you get home if you're exactly. a Vegas guy. You know time what I mean? zones. Time That's zone. a tiebreaker, yeah. Yeah. Take off in the East at 5 o'clock. You're Land at five like o'clock. Four, yeah. Somebody, you go backwards. Mm-hmm. Crazy how that works. Yep. Still doesn't make sense to me. Time zones. The other option is the Titans, right? Because they overcome having to kick a ball to win a football game, which is tough for them. Uh, Doctor Fax had a great point. He said the Titans have had like twenty kickers since like the last three years, and he was like, think about how many kickers have been inside that building. Like every time they work a kicker out. Or every time they have that opening or make a change, like four kickers come in, kick a bunch of balls in the indoor. And they're like, who's going to get fired next here? That's so many kickers. We talked about the Washington football team and their history of quarterbacks the last 30 years. Washington quarterback is a Tennessee kicker, and they survived the kicking game to win. That's a big win for them, especially because it gets the uh, AFC South on the board. Teams not named the Houston Texans had not won until they pulled that horseshoe out of their ass up there in Seattle. So, big win for them. I still don't think they look the same in the past game, dude. Like, they look great on the ground late, 
but they don't look the same yet in the past game. Now, that, we could get some growing out, you know, but uh, some guy on Twitter told us to suck it this afternoon mm -hmm. because you said mm -hmm. Julio was washed, and I said the Titans didn't look the same. He said that I said Julio was washed. I don't know. You might have said Julio was oh, washed. Maybe. Say a lot of words. Can't keep track of all of them. Yeah, it's true. Long pod. So I'm actually going to go with the Titans here. I think it's a great... Uh, okay, but you lose some hours. You do lose some hours. I'm going to go with the 1 p.m. A lot of time on that plane. I feel like the drinks are plentiful on both of those planes. Like anybody with a white blazer that owns a football team and lives in a small version of the stadium he built, like definitely those plane rides fuck. Do you think he like, rides that, there's on definitely that plane? some booze on that plane? No, but I think he's I think they have the best of the best of situations. I right. think they probably have a killer plane and I think they probably have like, you know, the cocktails up there. Be careful though. Dehydration, airplane, drinking, football game, tortol, maybe some anti-inflammatories, pain meds, avoid. Okay, so you played for three teams. Yeah. Well, some regimes more stricter, more yes. strict than others. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to plane rides home? Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Anybody like, hey, nah, like headrest, upright, seat back. I, like there were some coaches like that, but some coaches were also like, hey, plane rides are to have fun. Like that's the old NFL. Like I can remember going into the locker room in the Edward Jones Dome and unnamed, you know, equipment staff dude every week. Actually, one of my coaches would bring me a beer. So I'd get a beer. I'd go sit in the back with one of my favorite coaches. He would bring me a beer. And then I go in the equipment room and one of the equipment guys would have a, a, a you know, a, a little bag of beer, like a bowling ball bag, you know, like the, the Jesus put his bowling ball in there the guy would have like four Bud, Bud Lights because, you know, we're St. Louis. So by the time I leave the Edward Jones Dome, I got like five beers in me and you're working at a deficit. So you always got to be careful. Like you get on the plane with our old D-line in, in, in St. Louis, you know, there would be a couple bottles of Crown Apple, mm. you know, in the... Uh, gross. Yeah, gross, but actually it wasn't that bad once you had your third, fourth Crown Apple uh, at 30,000 feet. But you got to be careful because... Emergency altitude, exit row. You know, dryness. Air marshals. Yeah. Well, more so like the uh, the massive hangovers the next day. I'll go worst plane ride, Saints. But really, I don't feel that bad for the Saints because I think everybody gets a mulligan. I think this was their mulligan game. Um, I don't know if people really do that in golf, but think about all these people that were, that were hurt today in that football game. Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, Eric McCoy. David Onyemata. Mm. Onyemata. You see how I fucking nailed that one? You were thinking I wasn't going to nail it. I nailed it. I barely even know her. Marcus Davenport. K-Pass. Oh, K-Pass there. Quan Alexander, Marshawn Lattimore, CJ Gardner-Johnson, Will Lutz, and eight offensive coaches. Eight offensive coaches. That's the big part. You can overcome the players. The third string quarterback was doing the substitutions, bro. Uh-oh. So... This is a game, like, listen, I thought they'd win it. You kind of erase that from your memory. They had 128 yards in this football game. Name five people on the Panthers. No, name three people on the Panthers' defense. I'm going to put you on the spot, but my point is... Brian Burns? Yeah, Brian Burns. My point is... 
you're, you're gonna... that they're not the steel curtain. I mean, they're improved. They've got some nice players, but the Saints are putting up 128 yards against those guys. It's just not your week. So I have the the box score open, and I was going to try to like lie yeah, and sound smart. Yeah. But none of these names are even. I couldn't even make you believe that I know who Julian Stanford is. Listen, there's some people that 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 have accounts to Pro Football Focus and Sean also Chandler. the Athletic and also all these websites, and they know all the names. Dante okay? Jackson. Yeah. Listen. Daquan like, Jones. I like the. I like Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chen, I, I knew. think Derek Brown is going to come, come uh, along. Jack Thompson, the, I know. Jack Thompson. The the name J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. We love J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. So draft. listen, this JC team Horn. is this this Panthers team is going places. I really do believe that Matt Rule, if he can keep Joe Brady around, I think they're going places a little bit. I'm not saying they're going like to the penthouse, but they're not going to be in the outhouse because look what they've done for Sam Darnold. You know, and just not being in New York, look what they've done for Sam Darnold. And look what the defense has done. It's improving a little bit. Bad plane ride for them. And um, not going home either, which makes it worse. For the second week in a row, I will go Minnesota Vikings. 0-2, they lose to Arizona 34-33. They're up 20-7. to Kicker misses a PAT. They're up at... A couple other junctures, including 30-24 to 24 in the third quarter. Uh, they have a shot to win at the end. Kicker misses. Uh, kicker's going to go ahead and be my hollow man. Right? Yeah, kicker kicker for the Vikings for sure is going to be your hollow man, which we're going into in a second. I just want to say this. Kyler Murray is, I mean, five, seven times the entire room full of dudes simultaneously standing up going, what the fuck? Or, oh my God, you Chris off the couch, COCs. There were like five COCs. I just want to say this about Kyler Murray. There's a couple plays a game right now that if you could just eliminate those, you'll be the best football player on earth. If, if you could eliminate a couple plays a game, I know I'm being a little bit overreactive, but when I watch him do some of the things I, I see him do, I feel like he could be the best football player on, 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 the, on the planet for a six-month period. You know how it comes, you know, it comes in waves? Like there's... Patrick Mahomes is going to be here a while, but we have different flavors year to year. Lamar, that, that's kind of wearing off a little bit, although pending the end of this football game. Like, Lamar's still electric, but for a year there, you were like, this is his sport. Kyler Murray, it could be your sport, but a couple throws a game. Also, Arizona, they got a tattooed white blocking tight end. I've never seen one in my life. Huh. Have you ever seen a large white blocking tight end with tattoos? Well, you can find one on the Arizona Cardinals. His number is number 87. 431 yards, four touchdowns for Kyler Murray. Oh, I thought you were going to say for that tight end. They also found a way to trick off a shovel pass. Now, are we going shovel for sure? Uh, it's shovel pass, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's funny because a lot of people say shuffle. Yeah. I say shovel. Uh, I don't know why. Because it's like a little shovel. Yeah, and you love doing that because you've got a dance called the shovel and everything. But Max Williams with two X's. There's two really good Maxes with red hair. In the NFL, oh, you got a Max blocking. Crosby. He also went seven for ninety-four. I know, but look how fucking big this guy is. I don't want to get in that guy's way. Not right now. Maybe back in the day. Look how big he is. What's his? What are his measurables? Six four two fifty two. He looks way bigger than that. Way bigger than that. Why does he look so much bigger than that? Why does he look six eight three thirty? It's the tattoos. Maybe it is. Uh, but Kyler Murray, electric, Vikings. I was so thankful because you know I'm sinking the Viking ship this year. Sink the ship. 
Eight and a half was mm. the number I got the Vikings win total at. Good for you. Good for you. Good for me. And the Phillies are within one game of first place. Oh, snap. Yeah, two large bets. All righty. So, Hollow Man, Greg Joseph, missed PAT, missed potential game-winning field goal. And he's South African. I was like, oh, kicker missed oh, a kick. He probably watches the spring box. But then I saw that he was South African. And I, I, you, I ever felt, see, you ever seen the movie about the spring box? No. And I feel bad for the guy because I've never met a South African I didn't like. like Yee, tough, 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 tough take, dude. David Wibbly. Apartheid. We ended it. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. What a tough take. You know, it was almost <laughs> as tough as Steve Spagnola taking us to see the movie about the Springboks with Matt Damon during training camp. Is that your South African? <laughs> this is very revealing. David Wibbly. David Wibbly. There you go. I know it's your friend. I didn't really. Kinda. It's your friend from back in the day. But one day we had the day off, and this is back when we had two a days in St. Louis now. Like, so people were fucking hurting, man. You had to scrape us off of the, the, the turf in Earth City like a like like a piece of scrapple on a frying pan. We were just flattened after these practices. And we had the day off. Of course, it's 110 degrees. Guys, we're going to do something fun on our day off, which is never good news when a coach says that because you're always going to do some stupid shit. And I'd rather just stay at home and play PlayStation and pack dips and eat edibles. (laughs) No, I got to go to a movie with Matt Damon about Australian rules football. It looked like a B movie. Was it? Was it? Uh, was it a movie about soccer or rugby? Okay. <laughs> As you can see, I didn't absorb a lot of the plot. I was mostly thinking, God, my back hurts. I'm squeezed in between like Cliff Ryan and fucking Victor Adianju, and it's my day off. My shoulders hurt. These are normal people movie seats here. What the fuck are we doing, Steve? Invictus. It's been ten years. It's been Invictus. Morgan the, Freeman was in there. You know he used to get drunk at Mellow Mushroom on University say. Avenue? That's what they say. Charlottesville, Virginia. They shot Evan Almighty here. Hello. So this David Wibbly, he said, you know the golfer Ratif Goosen, who is yeah, also yeah, yeah, South yeah, African? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said you pronounce it Ratif Horsen. <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true story. Stop it. Yes. No. Yes. David Wibbly said... Hey, you guys are saying Retief Goosen all wrong. It's Retief Hwesen. <laughs> you know, there's a, uh, you know, you know, the guy that backs up Tyrod Taylor has the most golfer name in the history of football. Who is that these days? Davis Mills. Oh, Davis uh, Mills, Stanford. A, there should be a third on the end of his name. Yeah. Davis Mills, Stanford. I think I said he'd be better than Trevor Lawrence or something like that. Actually, Taylor might back me up on that right about now. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I want an apology from everybody that made fun of me all summer saying that Trevor Lawrence was overrated. Um, he said Trevor Lawrence was overrated? Uh, yes, Taylor is claiming. I'm Mostly when people say things like that, I'm like, check out the balls on that guy. I'd yeah. love to say that. I'm too scared. Too scared. So kudos. My hollow man, yours was the kicker from the Vikings. And by the way, I called that. Called it. We were all sitting in the room. They said, how do you feel about this Kirk Cousins drive? Reed, am I lying? I mean, I'm just, I'm not good at this thing, you well, know, TBF. analyzing football. So I like to be right sometimes. You were on it. I, TBF, I said, nine plays, 58 yards. Yeah, and what did I say? I said, they're going to end up, it, they're going to get in field goal range and miss a kick. Because <laughs> that's what they do, bro. That's what they do. 
My hollow man, Jonathan Abram, okay? Jonathan Abram of the Las Vegas Raiders uh, is victorious tonight, but all he can think about. The 59 other plays, like, hey, however they went, you could add three picks. You could have been like the guy in Tampa, who, by the way, I'm just going to give it to him right now. It's the Tampa. the Frank Gore St. Louis Rams Memorial Doing Something Awesome in Obscurity Award. That goes to the guy in Tampa, Mike Edwards. Two pick sixes. Are you kidding me? Nobody's watching that game. Thanks a lot, Atlanta. Anyways, I'm talking about another DB bouncing back. Falcons would have covered if not for those two pick sixes. Really? Yeah. Guy like that turns the tide big time. I'm sure Vegas damn near won a lot of money if it wasn't for that guy. Everybody on the Bucks. I'm sure that was a very popular bet this week. I'm talking about Jonathan Abram because he got Josh Norman, but he got figuratively humped. It wasn't a stiff arm so much as it was Najee Harris. Did you see this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, was like, hey, let me, can I touch your underarm? And he was like, sure. And then he was like, I'm going to flip you over and your feet are going to go above your head. When something like that happens to you on a football field, like everything's in slow motion, you are thinking about your mentions sometimes, like when things like that are going on. On the sideline too, like could have ushered him out of bounds. Oh yeah. Instead he was lifted up and put down. And people wonder why, you know, I said this about the Jalen Hurts got hit on the sideline today. And I actually sided with the Niners. I said, what do you want this guy to do? Lamar's doing the speed up, slow down thing. You know, stiff arming Sorensen before we came in here to shoot this pod. Like, you cannot slow up on the sideline. And that's why. That is why. I mean, not with Najee. Okay, he's the biggest guy in the Steelers' front seven. Including the offensive linemen. They're not big anymore. They're not scary anymore. My hollow man is Jonathan Abram. But Dexter Lawrence, update. Onsides. It's confirmed, huh? Is that how we're saying that? Because he's offsides. Yeah, he was onsides. You're saying he was onsides. It's been confirmed. It's been confirmed. He timed it perfectly. Have we confirmed this or are we just being... I mean, he moves when the snap moves. Confirmed. A game gets decided because of negligence by an official and you get like a sorry email. Legit, they send like sorry emails. NFL offers no apology to the Giants said offsides was correct call. Oh, well I thought thought he was offsides that night, but I didn't look that closely. I just was more uh, pissed off about Thursday night time machine, but excited about my teaser hitting. Dexter Lawrence, man, I said it the other night. No, you don't listen to the pod, but I actually did listen oh, to your recap. How'd you like yeah, that? It was good. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Hey, you're actually telling the truth right now. It's shocking to me. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence is my hollow man. How'd you know I was telling the truth? I can just tell when you're telling the truth and I when was. you're like, yeah, yeah, like if you're placating me, I can tell as well. Yeah, I was. So uh, just uh, indulge me for four seconds. No, he's offsides. Oh, really? I do think he's offsides. He's, he's lined up really tight, dude. Look how tight he's lined up, bro. Look at look at my man 54's hands moving. He's snapping the ball. I know, but I think he's borderline lined up offsides. Okay. If, I if had he's to in guess. the neutral zone, he's in the neutral zone, yeah. but he's not he's not moving earlier than he No, and a lot of times you can get fucked moving with the ball, but I do think when you're that close to the ball, they say to get off on the ball. So that's a double-edged sword, but I do think he looks like he's a bit further up than the other guys. Some guys can't help lining up in the neutral zone. Derek Barnett used to always do it. And he, you'd tell him like you'd warn him and then he'd do it because some guys just don't realize, like I don't know if they have long ass necks or something, 
But just because your hands are somewhere doesn't mean your head's offside. Some guys don't get that. Dexter Lawrence, maybe. Here's a dumb question. Yeah. The uh, How do you prevent against that? Do you always know what the line of scrimmage is? Do you look at yard lines? Do you just look at the guy next to you? Do you look at the ball? How do you do it? Do you look to the sideline to see where the stick is? I tried to. I tried to. A lot of times I would look at the official like a receiver and do the point and I felt cool because he'd be like after you, like three times of me doing it like hey 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 eventually he'd be like yeah dude you're on sides yeah, but I'm, yeah I'm not your referee dad here yeah gotta, well don't throw a flag on me without warning me it's, so when I'm screaming neutral zone on the first play of the first quarter fellas getting a warning they're gonna warn guys yeah okay. they're gonna warn them viewing party I'm gonna go Cam Newton watching all these quarterbacks getting hurt yeah that's right Tyrod yep. Taylor hurt Tua left the Dolphins game, second possession, Bruce ribs. We talked about that. Carson Wentz left in the fourth quarter, right ankle injury. I got to say this, not to spin his injury into a positive because, you know, like he's not on the Eagles anymore. So I still love the guy, except for the vaccination thing. What are we doing? Fourth quarter, Aaron Donald, who's been clipping his ankles all game, like just chasing, like, because at least Quentin Nelson, who was really classy after the game, was like, hey, I was very honored to play against like the best player in football, in my opinion. And they were it was, they were two gladiators. They were like they were two superheroes, you know, like buildings crumbling and shit around them. But at least he slows Aaron down. And so Aaron was on Carson's ankles the whole game. He ended up on his ankles. And the fact that Carson's leg didn't do a Dak Prescott was pretty fucking impressive. That guy, he may have an injury thing going right now, but he's also pretty damn flexible. Carson Wentz hurt as well. We don't know what's going to be going on with that. It didn't look good. It didn't look like a lateral ankle roll. Andy Dalton injured his knee in the first half, but of course you know who's backing him up. Uh, And then Baker Mayfield, shoulder popped out, attempting a tackle. I was pretty sure it was just Stinger. He got back in the game quick. But there's some vacancies here for Cam Newton. I think it had to be interesting thinking about where he's sitting watching these games and what calls and what chatter's going on behind the scenes because I'm sure his phone is blowing up a little bit. Viewing party, I would love to be me watching the 73rd Primetime Emmy Awards going on right now. Yeah. Who are you really excited about? Oh, Ted Lasso. Cheeks. Queen's Gambit, I think, was up for... Uh, oh, yeah, that looks cool. Looks cool? You just don't watch things, huh? I, don't, I, I, I do a podcast that takes a lot of effort. I have two kids, not one kid, two kids, uh, and I also run a foundation. You have a foundation? Yeah, I got a foundation. Yeah? Got a foundation in these... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, suffice to say, I don't have time to watch shows and shit, so got a lot of mentions to get ready for. Do you want to hear all the all the shows I watch? Since no, okay. I think we're I think the the podcast. I think we're off the rails here. But hopefully, you, you like mentions better than superlatives. It's a bit looser. <laughs> it's quite a bit looser. Uh, you know, it's just one of these a long day. I didn't think it was the greatest slate either. Honestly, it didn't. If we're being honest, I didn't think today was the greatest slate. Nor was it like the most exciting. But there was one moment in the four o'clock, right at the end of the witching hour here. You know, Philip Rivers' time, you have Kick going through the uprights for the win uh, in L.A., Dallas, and then on the other TV, right next to it, same time, somehow, same time, syncs up correctly, you've got Cardinals uh, beating the Vikings because of a missed kick, and then on the third TV, you have Tennessee starting a drive that would subsequently tie the game and send it to overtime. Like, that is the NFL. 
Like, that is the power of the NFL, dude. Kate Winslet, mayor of Easttown. I like Kate Winslet. Olivia Coleman, the crown. Haven't seen the crown. <sighs> but no, you're right about the football. Yeah, I had a lot of football games to watch. It was, hey, by the way, that LA stadium, I do want to say this. Billions of pounds. That's how much that fucking scoreboard weighs. I don't remember how many billions, but it's billions. Enough to kill me. Uh, and I used to have this really irrational fear of the Dallas Jumbotron falling and just crushing us all. At least they had the decency in LA to make it a big circle with a big hole in the middle. So if it fell, there's actually a chance I don't get crushed. It's going to hit all the scrubs on the sideline. <laughs> I would hope it would. Should have been better. I just hope it wouldn't have been first or second down in some of my late stops. Should have worked on your craft a little harder. Yeah. If I was just. You wouldn't have been killed by this scoreboard. <laughs> Damn. You know where the uh, SoFi Stadium video board was made? Where? Logan, Utah. Really? Which is, which is close to Ogden, Utah. Really? We gave a shout out to Ogden, Utah. They're just making hello. hello, hello. They're just making big, big fucking scoreboards out there. What do you do here in Ogden? What's the biggest industry? You're LED at a diner. Panels. You're at a diner. You're like, what do they do out here talking to locals? That's that's uh, video scoreboard weighs two point two million pounds, uh, seventy thousand square feet. Just a couple zeros. Just a couple zeros. Seventy thousand square feet. It's incredible. Chargers are still the Chargers, by the way. My goodness. Go Chargers! Go! Go Chargers! Go! The fucking sequence where Justin Herbert threw the ball to Jared Cook but they had an illegal shift that nobody could see where it was and they flagged him for that and then flagged Jared Cook for a taunting because his name's Cook, which he like was eating. And I'm like, that doesn't work, you're supposed to cook. No, he was cooking, he was cooking, he wasn't eating, he was chefing some shit up. So it worked perfectly and the refs are too dumb to know he's not taunting, he's, he's cooking. I think he's, he, he spun the ball first too, but that was just setting his little clock in the kitchen before he That's what he, he was doing, he's setting the clock in the kitchen cooking. and then he's cooking. Timing's what do you call that? A, a, a timer? A timer. Timer. He was setting the timer and then he was cooking. And the ref was like, hey, 15 yards on you, five yards for the legal shift. Everybody at home was like, what the fuck's going on? No idea. Still kind of don't know. But I think what it was was if they accepted the 15 yarder, they would have had to accept the touchdown. Correct. I've never seen anything like it in football. Have you ever seen that before? So they had to take the five yarder uh, instead of the 15 yarder. And then, of course, uh, you get a grounding penalty on Justin Herbert. The Chargers tricked this whole thing off. Well, not also, even a grounding. That's when they called a sack. A sack, yeah, right? Yeah, was it was a sack. We were like, what's going on here? Like, yeah. get control of this game, guys. Yeah. Also in unprecedented football, the halftime score of that game was 14-11. Yeah. That was the first time ever. That shocked me. First thanks, time. Thanks for rubbing that in, fellas. My, my first ever bet. You know, professional gambling. Well, we'll talk about that. Dr. Fax is about to come in and, and, and uh, help us out with some gambling and fantasy. Hey. Um, it's a doozy. Stay tuned. My OA mention, Siale Suliafu of uh, Missouri State fame. Did you see him the other night? No. You didn't see him? I... Oh, my God. Look this guy up right now. He's an up back or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> In, uh, for the Missouri State <laughs> return team, and the guy somehow catches a kick late in the fourth. In fact, they're getting ready to have a big drive, so just this big man even catching the ball. His number's 44. He's got 
long hair hanging out of the back of his 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 helmet. He looks awesome. He's chucking guys around. He's he literally there's people that are done with the play. They're trying to tackle him. It takes 14 guys on the other team. So it's a victory just to catch the football for him and just not to fumble it. But he is throwing people around like they're children. This guy was 18 last year, presumably. He's he's a he was a kid last year. This is a grown man. Starts at the 32, finishes at the 25, but the best minus seven yard return you'll ever see. I mean, count the people that he throws, probably seven to nine little people that he's throwing on the ground. It does remind me of, you know, when people ask you how many three-year-olds could you, Mm. until they overtake you? Yep. That is that mailbag question personified. Yep. You know, eventually they're going to get me, but for the first couple, 35 seconds, I'm going to be Siale Soliafu. So shout out to him. Replacements vibe, Reed said. Like the guy in the replacements. OA award. Shout out to him. The OA mention. And I'd also oh, like fuck. to mention that <sighs> OA just secured a win for the Baltimore Ravens. He forced a fumble on Are Clyde Edwards. Are you Edwin, fucking Edwards kidding me Hilaire. right now, Reed? That's a mention and a half. Wow. Are you fucking kidding me? Breaking news. I just lost a lot of money, Reed. Oh shit, I did too. That's not really how I wanted to learn that, but... Save it. (laughs) You save it, please. I'm taking this back, I'm calling it something else. This OA guy lost me some money. He's already got two sacks. Well, no, he's got one sack. He ran somebody down last week. It's kind of a coverage sack. This is so fast. This has got to stay in, even though you've already heard the Sunday Night Football review. This has got to stay in. This is is outstanding stuff. Hey, you told me recently, you know, no need to be the richest man in the graveyard, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. There's something that's important to you. Yeah. Spend the dollar bill. Is this where you ask for a raise? Oh, no. Okay. Could I? No. Well, I think if if you looked at comparable podcasts in the... I think you'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, you, do you want to open that can of worms? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I wonder about... You're probably calling you should talk Rosillo's to your hack. Agent. You should Rosillo's probably, hack ass. You should, I don't have a talent agent. I have an entertainment attorney. Rosillo's probably... Fuck you. Game ball. Ryan. Game ball. Derek Henry, 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns. But here's the crazy part about it. Wait, Can't spell Derrick Henry without R-Y-E-N. Stupid ass name. <laughs> um, Not Derrick Ryan, you're saying. I don't want Derrick Henry coming oh, here and no, beating Derek you Henry. up like Ch- Chara's going to come in here one day and have to beat Just up Just signed Reed. with the New York Islanders, so he's getting oh, he's, farther he's away. He's getting further yeah. away. Yeah. What a what a wimp! Distant, so it's actually farther, not what a further. Wimp he but yeah, is. no, he's uh, he's running from us. Yeah, backpedaling. Derrick Henry's gonna come in here and beat you up off a misunderstanding. Thirty-five carries, one hundred eighty-two yards, three touchdowns. Second half, one hundred forty-seven rush yards, three touchdowns. I mean, put the team on his back. Put no. the team on my back, though. Beast mode, same stadium. Beast mode used to do it. He did it. Did all this with blood on his uh, arm. Did you know that he was, he was bleeding from his arm? I saw that. It looked cool. Pax called him the Kurt Schilling of football. Bloody sock. Bloody sleeve, bloody sock. Guy just totally dented the Seahawks. And for six quarters there, I'm thinking Seahawks are going to Super Bowl. And they are not they're not winning these stupid games anymore where they look terrible and they, they snatch victory from the jaws of defeat or defeat from the jaws of victory. Whatever it is, they're doing both there in Seattle with regularity. This was vintage Seattle. Find a way to make this game stupid. 
and lose us money. Second game ball to Cooper Cup. Nine receptions, 163 yards, two tuds. Tuddies? Tuds? Tuds, whatever tuds, you want. Tuddies. On 11 targets, long of 44. Rams beat the Colts 27-24. On the road, 2-0. Stafford's got a favorite receiver. Yeah, and Clayton Kershaw has got to be shaking mm. in his boots, right? Because um, him and uh, Stafford seem kind of close. Ten targets last week. How many times has Clayton Kershaw ever caught a ball from Matt Stafford? Several times. In the backyard, but not in so far. I just feel like Clayton Kershaw is probably... That should have been my viewing party. What's Clayton Kershaw doing? You know, like where you do the fake clap? Like, Please clap. Go, Matt. Jeb Bush. Almost on my fantasy team, I opted for Robert Woods. Evidently, I should have just asked. Well, that was, hey. Somebody we, in L.A. We couldn't have known. Well, I could have yeah, texted a friend. you might have some sources. Yeah. yeah I didn't. We're going to bring on facts for the nightcap, shall we? We shall. Twitter, we got our shit together, Okay. We got a, a real handle, reflective of the name of the podcast. Guys, we did it. Applaud. And now go follow us, at Greenlight. Twitter is at Greenlight. We also have a new YouTube channel name as well, Greenlight Tube. Hope you guys like that. Nightcap, Fax is here. Fax is up, Ben. How much do you think Fax weighs? All right, so Fax and I were trying to, I was trying to guess. I was going to say 294. I'm going to say 276. Enough to throw you through a table. <laughs> For sure. 276. That's way too light. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. carrying it. Well. Whoa, 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 whoa. Two... No, you already had your guess, bro. You made us wait five minutes to guess, and then you had your guess. And I thought it was going to be like a warmer, colder situation. Last time I checked, I was 292. So you were very close. Damn, Chris. I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> you know I'm pretty good at this. Quick math. You notice how quick I did that math last week? You guys were like, oh. Facts, who are we giving our nightcap to? Greg Rousseau, two sacks, helping me out with my fantasy. Bill's defense gave me 22 points today. Damn, With that's... a 35-0 shutout. And after the week I had last week, boy, did I need that. You needed it. You needed it. You were 0-1. Yes, but it looks like I'm going to be one and one after this week, um, beating the commissioner, Leger Doosable, this oh, week. Oh, Doos, you're in the league with Doos. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Doos. I think currently his team is done, and I think he's maybe up one point, and I have Aaron Rodgers and Crosby to play tomorrow night. I think Ooh. you're safe. I would love to say that, but Aaron Rodgers gave me one point last week. Yeah, Detroit and, basketball coming in tomorrow night. Tonight. Well, I I, uh, I was wrong about Greg Rousseau. At least I'm not saying he's he's arrived yet for two sacks, but I didn't think he was going to be a contributor this quick. And I'm sure he wasn't my favorite D end out of the group. So let me own up to that one right away. Beginning of the season, you know, like sacks going to come from anywhere. And I didn't see the sacks. Maybe the sacks were a little bit fluky. I don't know. I you got to see them, but they all count. Yeah, and uh, sacks sack. nightcap to Greg Rousseau, but also nightcap to. Daniel Hunter. You got it. Daniel Hunter, uh, who is an absolute alien, dude. I don't even know. You know, every year I feel like you sit here and you wager on who's going to have the most sacks. You wager on who's going to be the defensive player of the year, all this <laughs> stuff. And I know he plays in Minnesota, and he doesn't talk a lot. And, like, you're kind of like, how do you say the first name? My man is probably realistically the guy who's 
who's got the best chance of doing like 20 sacks year to year outside of like an Aaron Donald. He's just that talented. If Minnesota were a lot better, uh, it'd be even better. But he is in some high-scoring ball games. They they can get buckets offensively from time to time when Kirk breaks out of that plexiglass ceiling he's created for mm. himself. And he got three buckets today on Kyler Murray. The conversation we had about finishing and whatever, like this guy catching him three times, hitting him three times, like actually bringing him to the ground three times is incredible to me. So, Daniel Hunter, nightcap, and what are we drinking? Angel's Envy again, or what is this? Redemption. 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 Chris, what's the biggest sack you've ever seen? Like in person? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what it was. Chris Turner. It's Brandon Graham. Hmm. Brandon Graham right in front of me. Brandon Graham sacking. <laughs> fucking Tom Brady, dude. Took the ball right off him, dude. Took the ball right off him. Right there, I knew we were going to be world champions, even though they cut the ball back again and threw a Hail Mary and it bounced around for 17 seconds. Biggest sack I ever got was a gift from Chris Long about 10 years ago. Maryland? It, no, the love sack. It's a huge adult size beanbag. <laughs> oh, yeah, I gave you a beanbag, bro. <laughs> and it came in a. a a sack that looked like a smaller bean bag. Yeah, yeah. And when you unzip it, it's the size of this room. That's dope. <laughs> Biggest sack I've ever seen? Student Activity Center at St. Anne's Belfield School. It's a, <laughs> we did have a it's the size of a building. We take this shot real quick while we talk about that. <laughs> it's a big old building. I remember sack. they put that building in, they were like Okay, All right, okay a bunch schoolers. of twelve year olds. Here's what we're gonna call <laughs> Here's it. Here's the new building. It's called the Student Activity Center. <laughs> we're gonna call it the SAC. <laughs> Boy, did we get some mileage out of that. Hey, here, here we are twenty years later. All right, so gambling, how do we do? This is the first week that you guys had some Ooh. some money to play with. Who won? Who won? What bets did you make? What what do we give them, Reed? Ooh, a couple things. Go <laughs> ahead, Reed. Go ahead, Reed. A hundred bucks. Uh, it's making in uh, Dr. Fax got a hundred dollars, and we're gonna keep up with this all year long. We're to see who's the better gambler. That's sick. I didn't know this was a competition. Oh well, sometimes you should just like work hard when nobody's watching. Okay, Fax. I turned my one hundred dollars into zero dollars. How about you? I turned my one hundred dollars into ninety-five. Oh, look at his face. Dollars well, and 61 cents. And 61 cents? How That's did you well do done. that, Fax? How did That's you win well this contest? So. You fucking asshole. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I had picked the Las Vegas Raiders plus five. This Los Angeles Rams money line. Dallas Cowboys money line. And then the Tennessee Titans money line. But here's the thing. I have really big fingers, and I pressed oh, round robin <laughs> for this what bet instead buttons? of a parlay. What are the buttons? Instead of the parlay, I clicked round robin. I don't even know what a round robin is, dude. And I didn't either, but I guess it gives you a little leeway that I could have lost. I only had to win two out of four. Oh, I'm doing some round robins. But it's lesser payouts, obviously. Okay. So... 
this ticket was $30 and I cashed out $95.61. Damn, dude, I'm doing round robins. <laughs> I had a lot, I, I made seven wagers with my $100. Okay. A lot, my, my most, my most fun one. Uh, there were a couple. Okay, here was my favorite. And damn it if Tristan Vizcaino didn't screw it up. I didn't know you could do this. I picked the uh, Chargers-Cowboys game to be a tie at halftime. Kind of taking a page out of your book there, Fax. Yeah, Fax, Fax move there. Very big nearly 14-14, and, and uh, they were great big odds on that boy. Plus oh, 875. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, and then I also took DJ Shark to be uh, first touchdown scorer in the Broncos-Jags game. Plus 1,200. Trevor Lawrence throws a touchdown pass to Marvin Jones Jr., I had a couple other parlays in here. Uh, Seahawks, geez. I didn't go. That sounds chalky. I didn't go chalky. Dolphins really screwed me up. I was big on the Dolphins. I was big on the uh, Bills. I was big on the Panthers. I didn't touch that. Got that one to hit. But, uh, hey, I can see why um, It's fun. there's a hotline to call if uh, you get addicted <laughs> to it. Kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of dopamine and things mm-hmm. like that. And just to throw that out, throw it out there. I'm checking my stats, and I only, I've only bet sixty bucks, oh. so I still have forty bucks. Well, the rules were: I think you had to bet it all, so you're disqualified. Damn, I'm no, sorry, facts. No, tomorrow, to Monday, tomorrow, I still today. have a game. Today is Monday. <laughs> we still have a game uh, tonight. Right. I still have forty dollars to play tonight. Okay, to win more. What but do you I already play? Won. The Monday Night Football game. Okay, that's fine. You can play the Monday Night Football game. He still yeah. has, has technicality. Facts. Not yeah, I was told it was Sunday. Well, you weren't evidently no. told much at all because <laughs> right. you. Uh, and we were told to put some bets in our parlays for Monday night to hold over. Well, that's here's actually the, what we were told. Here's mm-hmm. the deal. You want to see a hotline slate? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll tell you how sick I am about fantasy while you look it up. Okay. Could have played Devin Singletary, James White, got a W, didn't do it. Elijah Mitchell, the damn Yahoo Sports app, said he scored a touchdown, apparently didn't. Then Jimmy Garoppolo ran it in. That would have done it for me. Dallas and L.A. going to OT would have done it for me. Hey, how about, what did I say about my fantasy team? I'm not even looking because I don't care about fantasy that much this week. I have 191 points. That's mm. that's a lot. We do play two flex, but that's a ton of points. Yeah, Tyler Lockett, 31. Best deep ball tracker in the league. Uh, Brandon Cook's on my bench. Don't need him. Yeah, it's nice to have him. Twenty-two you, points. You want Logan Thomas? No, I might want Randall Cobb though. Just all the Houston weapons from last year. I think he's going to go off tomorrow night. You, you, you heard it here first. Christian Kirk not catching a hail mary might have done it for me. All right, so Bills Broncos money line parlay. Uh, bet that twice. Bet it once. Was stoned. Then bet it again thirty minutes later. <laughs> Good thing uh, the Broncos won. Uh, Hawks Pats teaser. That was cool, except the Hawks forgot how to play football. Uh, Colts, Rams, under 50. I had counted my chickens in a big way in the first half and damn near just forgot about that game. And then the second half, boy, howdy. You see the way they scored in that second half? Luckily, I took the Colts over 10.5 in the second half, so I kind of a hedge there. Bills, uh, giving a field goal, easy. You know the easy button? Yeah. Easy. Eagles Niners, some taken. Eagles Niners under forty nine and a half, easy. Button. I, yeah, I got that one. Easy button. Unfortunately, parlayed with under Texans Browns, mm-hmm. went over by four. Yep. I also had uh, I, I also had the Cards Vikes over fifty and a half, uh, as well as the the bet that just almost covered back door was the Bears Bengals over forty four. 
if we had turned some of those picks into touchdowns, <laughs> maybe I got a little bit more money in my pockets there. Do you know who is permitted to talk smack to me regarding fantasy? Who? Also had the over in the Chiefs-Ravens uh, game as well. Bet the whole board. <laughs> Nobody. Not a goddamn person. Jeez. Not one. I'm Jeez. the defending champion, and until there's another champion, nobody is allowed to say shit. So everybody on that text chain, shut the fuck up. <laughs> they're not listening, dude. It's like two hours into this. Oh, they're podcast. not listening. And nine every every nine a.m. on a every nine a.m. on a Monday, I get a text message about how I've talked shit about these fucking idiots. Goddamn. <laughs> They're stupid, huh? No, they're not. No, I like them. I, I I hope they all had good weekends. I have a lot of respect for everybody in the league. Yeah, because you're gonna you're gonna be in that car, like Steve Harvey says, you're gonna get a new car. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose the league. I'm gonna finish like right. He's gonna get that eighth. new car, Steve Car. <laughs> Steve Harvey. Oh, we should call the uh the the car the beater Steve Carvey. Steve Carvey, that's perfect. Who's driving Steve Carvey this year? Probably you. You got 85 points this week. You had 85 points last week. They said race to 100 is what they were saying. <laughs> I barely got the joke because I don't really know about scores and shit like that in or fantasy. Math, yeah. yeah, well, no, I just know about how to draft a fucking killer team. Thursday night time machine, one to one, big boy. I'm not worried about that. <sighs> Waffle House. You're going to be in that Waffle House. Oh, man. Am I? Yeah. You're going to be in there just... I got bad news for you. What kind of news you got for me? I got bad news for you. I have a bead, and it's bead, not beat. I have a bead on... Uh, I have shitty to, primetime game next Thursday. I happen to have a bead on... The, the, the Davis one time Mills the, the third led Panthers, Texans. Texans. Right. The, thank God for Sam Darnold because there is no need to tune into that game. Uh, the NFL, who knocked it out of the park the first three uh, primetime games, now trots out the, the, the wounded Packers and the Detroit Lions covering Campbell. Uh, and then on Thursday, we got the... Uh, that game is going to be electric Monday night. You think so? I think so. You're I calling think, it? I think Detroit, they came out, they showed a little fire at the end of last week. Yeah. Fearless prediction. What's the final tomorrow night? It's just like, you know, like like trying to, feast, trying to feast on yeah. a wounded animal. Yeah. And right now, Green Bay, they're yeah. the wounded animal. And they are the Lions. So what's the score going to be, Nate? <sighs> Let's take it Detroit, 31, Green Bay, Actually, I'm gonna say Green Bay 33. Oh, I like how he's, he's <laughs> I'm gonna no, keep reinventing, reinventing the game here. I just want to say this, facts: the reviews were not were not solid on uh, Kanye West being a bigger, better promoter than Muhammad Ali the other day. What do you mean? Uh, just some people online were were that thought you were wrong. Yeah, but no. that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't because but, you know. Uh, I think it's just like you I being said, wrong. Just is the camera really can't what does see it. it. You see, they don't have. Does Ali have shoes? Does Ali have shoes? Does anyone wear Ali's shoes? Because a lot of people wear Yeezys. A lot of people. They sleep out for days to get Yeezys, to get raffle tickets. The resale on them are crazy. People sleep outside to get a fucking... uh, No one was sleeping for Muhammad Ali tickets, bro. MLB The Show, Black Friday. Like everybody's out in the parking lot. $149.99. Muhammad Ali's signature boxing shoes. And those are... 
And those aren't like those are just regular boxing shoes. They're available going for currently in a seven and a half. And yeah, they're barely any sizes <laughs> available. So what do you know, Nate? And then hey, here's the deal. We talked at the top of the show about we went out to dinner Friday night. We went to South and Central in Charlottesville. It's great. A shout out to our server who was playing hurt. She had a muscle spasm in her trap. She looked uncomfortable. She was carrying out like these huge plates of beef, just like powering through it. So shout out to her. Shout out to South and Central. Did you try the habanero sauce? No. I forgot to. But you are the subject of the story I want to tell. Okay. When you came to South and Central and we were out there with Bad Back Backy, thanks for the meal, Bad Back Backy. We can't, it came back. He was there, yeah. Back, he was there. This wasn't the other night, this was oh. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You, you've turned down the invitation, anyways. Ongoing pandemic, y'all. Sure, like, am I the crazy one? Go ahead. Sorry, no, you're not. But Nate comes to dinner, and Nate is like, Let me get the 48 ounce steak. Like, oh. you know, every menu has this big steak, and of course, everybody's like, You're really gonna eat the whole steak? Like, you know, that whole song and dance, I'm gonna eat the whole steak. Nate gets the steak two minutes later, let me get a box. He takes half the steak home. He probably took 36 ounces of steak. He was eating steak for a week. I literally ate steak for the next two, <laughs> or, three, two or three days. Well, that's a good move. And you the didn't good pay th- for it. And the good thing is they make their steaks all like medium. So you get that thing, you throw it back on the grill for a little bit to heat it back up. Ooh. It was really good. Ooh. Had steak and eggs one of those mornings. Pro tip. Mm. Really, really that good. That Kevin didn't think he was buying you steak and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> South of Central. Kevin, thanks for breakfast. Top top restaurant. It's a great restaurant. It's a great restaurant. Um, Hey, that was uh, that was football. Um, Next Sunday will be more fun. You want to take a quick glance at the slate? Probably not, but I'll tell you who's playing. Give you something to wet your whistle going into your work week. Who's on Wednesday on the program? Who's on Wednesday? Paul Nicklin. Dope. Most badass person. Probably to ever be on the podcast, maybe. Next week, you got New Orleans, New England. Yeah. Mm, not not doing it for you? Chargers, Chiefs. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Chargers, Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Colts, Titans, baby. Let's let's get it going. <laughs> hey, in there. Tom- next week is going to be better, and the Cardinals are going to score 78 points on the Jaguars. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Taylor's a Raiders fan now. Bucks, Rams. Yeah, dude. Next week's slate is looking up. This week was shit. Y'all take care. Hey, we got a really exciting event coming up in Philly on October 3rd. I'll be hosting a Legends tailgate party that you don't want to miss. There'll be food, drinks, and music. LeGarrette Blunt is going to be there. Brent Selleck's going to be there. I'm going to be there. It's from 9 to noon on Sunday, October 3rd at the Navy Yard in Philadelphia. The best part is that all proceeds go to Philly youth and towards ending water insecurity. Get tickets today at Waterboys dot org slash events.